What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, episode 87 this mm. week. So freaking crazy. Man, dude, we were just talking about it 13 away from the old 100. Super crazy, That is man. so crazy. Fuck. I, mean, I but but I, I just I love that we've been able to stick around this long. Yeah, honestly. They must really like us. They <laughs> must really like me. But it's I'm just, just crazy. Yeah, man. dude. Man, the, the idea that we've been doing this for 87 weeks. I know. Like, it's crazy. I know. It's crazy. Super wild. Super wild. We have so many amazing guests that came on this show. And this week, we have another amazing guest, David Starzik. Oh, my goodness. You might have seen him in basically all of the reboots the original the movie of veronica mars oh yeah yeah i mean and this guy has been in so much other stuff such a humble person a lot of advice he gives for up-and-comers it's going to be a good interview i can't wait for people to hear it oh yeah definitely hell yeah hell yeah and of course you know we have disney netflix hulu hbo max the streaming wars they're still alive and well a lot is going on streaming wars bro yeah. we talk about it every week but streaming wars they are they are killing I mean, whew. well, before we get started, I want to introduce myself and one only mouth what and myself, JLo Fantastic. And one more thing, make sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, and click on that merchandise tab for the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We know it, we love it, we rock it every single week. And fast shipping, great product. You will look so hashtag crazy in that gear <laughs> absolutely. Uh, absolutely let's get started off with the mouse house they are appointing new people to new positions like we teased in the intro uh disney television studios has named stephanie levinson as head of the casting at 20th century fox television yep. uh, jonathan blumen head of casting at abc studios and Lindsay kabashian uh yeah yeah Let's go Some, with that. Something like that. Head of casting at the Fox 21 television studios. This trio will lead casting efforts all across all series and pilots produced by their respective studios. And will also manage a team of casting executive. And they will report to Sharon Klein, executive vice president of casting for Di Disney Television Studios and Fox Entertainment. Man, this is just, it's going to be interesting because this moves forward. Who's going to be on ABC shows and yeah. Fox shows? Yeah. And so I'll see what happens. Man. It's going to be nuts. And, and I mean, with these people, and there was a lot of announcements. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, they, they, they make these moves. They cross it up, and you said it beautifully. They're going to be deciding what is and is not going to be on moving forward and everything. And then they rolled out a bunch of announcements. Oh, yeah. They got some, some good shit coming. Mm -hmm. uh, the good doctor is apparently good at a whole lot of stuff. That's he, true. He's got some stuff coming. This was interesting. They ABC's put in development uh, a drama that centers on a female leader of Top Gun. Mm. Uh, yeah, set in Key West, Florida. And this is what I'm talking. The series comes from the Good Doctor yeah. star Freddie Highmore. Yeah. Uh, and if you guys don't know, and we talked about this on the show a few weeks back, but his production company, Alfresco. By the way, great name, Alfresco mm -hmm. Pictures, uh, and Sony Pictures TV, where his company is based. Uh, it's part of his overall deal with Highmore, and mm -hmm. they're going to be behind it and producing the show for yeah. ABC. That's super awesome, man. Yeah, man. I mean, this guy's rocking and rolling, dude. Hell yeah. I mean, August Rush. Like yeah, exactly. 
exactly. who knew, man? I you know. know, I love the movie, but who knew yeah. when that movie hit that this guy was just going to blow up the way he has? It's right. unreal, man. Super wild, super wild. And they have given out a put to pilot order for a drama that hails from the resident team, Amy Holden Jones and Andrew Chapman. Yep. And yep. I mean, that one's been kicking ass. Yeah, dude. Resident, man. Remember, we ran a poll and Resident kicked Grey's Anatomy's yeah. ass. Yeah. Like, apparently, it's the favorite medical drama yeah. on TV right now. People love it. So these two, the creative minds behind it said, okay, well, let's do it. ABC, <laughs> home of Grey's, probably didn't like that so much. Right. They're like, we got to get these people over working for us. Right. So they're, except it's not going to be medical. It's no. actually a uh, police drama, yeah. a homicide special division of the Philadelphia PD. It's going to foul two young and recently promoted female detectives and a beat cop mm-hmm. as they're entrenched in the corrupt system of Phillies you know inner what I city. think this is I think this is something that will eventually might replace Law and Order SVU. They're looking for something new and bright and I mean so I mean it is it is gonna go off the air eventually. Yeah. You know, and I mean I think crime dramas are still really popular. Mm-hmm. You know, so and they've had success. ABC's had success with the rookie. Yeah. So exactly. now they're you know, so th- this is interesting. And then the rock, bro. Yeah. We have, we're talking about ABC's right. you know network, but we can't leave out Disney Plus. No, no. Dwayne Johnson uh, announced that his production company with Danny Garcia, which is his ex-wife, but still manager. Okay, I know, very uh, interesting yeah, situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Seven Bucks Productions. I know everybody was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, but it's true. Look Set it up. Right. Look it up. We'll be producing a new show for Disney Plus called Behind the Attraction. Mm-hmm. The series is going to give viewers an exclusive behind-the-scenes look uh, at some of the most popular rides in the in the parks, and they're going to have direct discussions with the Imagineers and oh, the nice. people that were behind the creation creation of yeah. these rides so that's gonna be badass yeah bro. that's gonna be I super mean, interesting to see where they get there because i mean i look at that as an art as well kind of like blowing glass how that's an art oh yeah so dude building like one of these architectural freaking uh roller coasters is just wild yeah i mean the imagineers they're they're like world renowned yeah. i mean they're like you know they're they're legendary and to, to be able to i have somebody sit down and see from concept on the paper yeah. to reality in the park after it's built that's going to be really awesome now this next one is a uh, questionable to great um mm. i don't mm. i don't know how to even explain this show it's f- called flirty dancing it's going to be a reality <laughs> tv show on fox and uh mm. what what did you compare it to i said think bachelor meets dirty dancing <laughs> yeah and then that, that, like, this is what it is uh, basically but yeah flirty dancing it's in their own description we're not even making this up Part performance, part blind date. It's all about romantic chemistry as complete strangers are each taught half of a dance routine. <laughs> then they meet for the first time on a blind date in a breathtaking location where they will then dance together without saying a word. Oh. The singles will then push themselves out of their comfort zones in the hope of being swept off their feet. Oh. What? <laughs> like, like, okay. It's <laughs> really interesting. So, premise. yeah, well, I mean, okay, Jenna Dewan. Yeah. She can dance. Yeah. She's, you know, she's she's great. We've seen her hosting skills. She's she's done some stuff. I think she's going to be phenomenal. I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, are they trying to capitalize on the success of The Bachelor right. Dancing with the Stars? They've had a couple of hits and misses with these type shows on Fox. So is this their answer? They're just, right. let's combine two shows yeah. and make it into flirty dancing. Cute name. But I mean, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. It's, mm. uh, it's a little odd. It's a little odd. It, it's it's a 
little odd. Definitely. But, and why can't they talk? I know, right? So they, like, they, they can't say anything exactly. when they're dancing. And here's, it's all in the facial expression. And here, exactly. And <laughs> here's what I don't know. It says they'll each be taught half a dance routine. So I'm hoping that the guy is taught one half and the female is taught the other right. half so that the, when they get together, they can complete the whole dance. Yeah. Because if they're like, each taught the same half, then when they get together, what the how the fuck are they going to do the dance? Exactly. But I'm just saying it's going to be – okay, so I'll just admit it. I'm going to at least tune in on the first week <laughs> yeah, to, to see what, see what the like. fuck it's all about. Yeah. And then after that, I don't know. But they, I, I just have to see. Why don't they talk? Right. Yeah. Let's see how it sure. goes. Sure. Let's see how it goes. Sure. Uh, more casting announcements for Disney's live action Little Mermaid. Well, he's mm. in the talks for it. Hamilton star David Diggs. He's yes. also known for uh, Blind Spotting, Wonder, and Blackish. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, he is set to play Sebastian if everything works out. And I think he'll do a good job. He's a pretty funny guy. And, I think so. Yeah. So. It shall be interesting. We shall see what happens. It's a phenomenal cast so far that they're putting yeah. together. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting. But I like David. I think I think he's he's a great actor. Agreed. I think he's really talented. Like you said, he's a funny guy. Can do drama. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I, I, he's a smart choice. So hopefully it works out and they sign him and we'll see. Agreed. Agreed. Now this next story, we just kind of stumbled upon it. It's not really news about the industry it's just kind of a side story about it a little bit Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. jason weaver was the iconic voice behind the young simba in the original 1994 animated lion king film and he recently had an interview with a youtube channel and discussed why he didn't take a two million dollar check for the lion king super crazy and it's all about because his mom negotiated and she was thinking about the long game so she decided to take royalties on the film which he has already surpassed two million dollars for the original film right and then the revamp of this latest lion king has brought the light or the animated one like back into popularity so he's just making a shit ton basically so they made the right decision absolutely royalties i mean it's the same with michael eisner with uh wanting stock when he left disney exactly so exactly it's the smart move sometimes you gotta gamble mm-hmm. sometimes it pays off sometimes it doesn't but in this case it definitely paid off yeah seriously ah heading over to viacom they are making some huge announcements to their content game several key cast members have been announced for the upcoming four-hour cbs studios event miniseries based on the former FBI director's best-selling book, A Higher Loyalty, Truth, Lies, and Leadership. Yes. They're going to be interesting. This is going to be awesome. Okay, first of all, Billy Ray, Mm -hmm. former guest on the show. We love Billy. He is just a phenomenal writer, phenomenal. I'm super excited because, first of all, this guy's just killing it. If you guys don't know, Gemini Man opens this week. Yep. Okay, next month you got Terminator. December, (laughs) you've got the Richard Jewell movie, all written by Billy Ray. Okay, but did you know he directs too? Right. If you're a fan of The Last Tycoon, you know he's a phenomenal director, too. So he's directing this James Comey uh, miniseries event also. And he has got some great people. Brendan Gleeson, known for Harry Potter and Braveheart, Michael Collins, Gangs in New York. You guys know him. He's set to play Donald Trump. Mm. 
This one really excites me. Yeah. Jeff Daniels is going to be playing James Comey. Ah, what? Yeah. I could not have gotten a more perfect person to play James Comey. That's awesome. I'm a huge Jeff Daniels fan. Loved him on Newsroom. Just everything he's done. I think he's going to be brilliant in that. Ah, then if yeah. you're a House of Cards fan, you're going to love Michael Kelly. Yeah, I mean, you know him. If, if you're not a House of Cards fan, uh, now you see me. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know who he is. He's going to be playing acting FBI director Andrew McCobb and Jennifer L., Tony winner Jennifer L., you know, might know her from Contagion and Zero Dark Thirty. She's going to play James Comey's wife, Patricia Comey. Phenomenal cast. Mm. I mean, and <laughs> if you follow Billy Ray on Twitter, you see every day he's posting something from going on with Trump. Yeah. <laughs> All of this shit is just more material for his miniseries. Right. Which goes into production. They, they're they in pre-production right now. Goes into production soon. It's going to start shooting. Um, And, man, yeah, it begins next month. They start shooting. And then they're going to decide. It might be on Showtime. It might be on CBS All access might be on both they said they're gonna decide but i'm super excited for it if you go back and listen to our interview with billy ray talks about it even way back when we interviewed him yeah oh that's how long ago he got started on this and everything got the rights to the book so i'm super stoked for billy i'm super stoked for the for the story i think it's going to be brilliant yeah you know it's going to be high in the ratings because everything is about trump right now exactly with the impeachment and comey and all of the stuff whistleblower it's going to do huge for for cbs i mean political things are political content especially in the entertainment world is very very popular right now i mean we went and saw joker and that was kind of a political statement in its own way absolutely and then plus you got stuff like uh the top trending tv show this week that we will talk about a little bit later the politician on netflix exactly which by the way renewed for a second season so um doing a whole bunch of stuff yeah and then this next one (laughs) exactly (laughs) segue in uh david Olio? Uh, Oye Lelo? Oye Lelo? Yeah, sure. (laughs) It's set the headline, The President is Missing, a Showtime drama series adapted from the novel by President Bill Clinton and James Patterson. Yes. Yes, you heard that right. If you guys didn't know, Bill Clinton wrote a book with James Patterson. And not like a biography, an actual fiction book with with James Patterson, which is awesome. Yeah, the network green-lighted the project uh, to pilot. It's going into pre-production. It's going to start shooting in 2020. I'm excited about this. The book was a bestseller. Yeah. Did extremely well. So uh, to have it go into a series, it's going to be like, again, and a CBS, you know, Showtime series. So Showtime's killing it. Yeah. I guess they're heavily into politics. Right. Uh, We'll see if it works out for them, but I think it will. I think both of those that we just talked about are going to do huge for them. Yeah, man. And speaking, staying with Showtime. Yeah. You might remember this. We talked about this a few weeks back uh, about the lawsuit that was brought by Denise Scholl, who is an author who claimed that the show Billions ripped off her life and her character from the book that she had written based on herself uh the character of wendy rhodes who's a performance coach at the at the cap firm that you know is run by axel in the show well she sued saying that it was a direct rip off of her and from the book and and she lost yeah (laughs) a judge dismissed the copyright infringement suit ruling that there was no evidence the show ripped off the character wendy rhodes from author and wall street performance coach denise schull she went on to say in very direct words uh, that the works do not seem to resemble each other at all or Mm. in the least. Damn. So she was very adamant about she just didn't buy it. She thought the claim was BS um, that you might be able to copyright a certain character but you can certainly not copyright a profession yeah. and there are more than one life coaches or performance right. coaches and that this character could have been anybody right. and so she basically like nope 
kicked yeah, it out. Like kicked it out. It so is. big win for because billions is huge. Yeah, exactly. It's huge hit for Showtime. It's popular, so big win for them not have to you know go through that. And uh, yeah, I, I was thrilled to see that. So definitely, huge, definitely. huge billions fan. <laughs> well, yeah. speaking of big wins, Hallmark Channel is oh just always winning. We already know putting out. Like a hundred plus Christmas movies this year. Yeah, like yeah. it's super countdown crazy. to Christmas, man. Yeah. It is like just insane. Yeah, it's super wild. It's super wild. Well, we know how known they are for their Christmas themed events. Well, get this, guys. There is gonna be a basically Christmas con. Yeah. Hallmark is putting on. Yeah, it's a new initiative that Bill Abbott uh, announced with the Crown uh, Media Family. Uh, in honor of towns where the Christmas spirit knows no bounds, yeah. meaning where they <laughs> act like Hallmark Christmas yeah, movies, basically, exactly. in real life, um, they're going to set up these Christmas cons. Like, yes, like Walker Stalker Con or something. Picture yeah, Walker Stalker yeah. Con or Comic Con or, you know, you know some. But for Christmas, yeah. Christmas Con, it's a three-day. The first ever is going to be a three-day Christmas extravaganza. It's going to take place um, in New Jersey. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and here's the crazy thing. A lot of the, um, Hallmark stars from the Christmas movies are going to be there at this three-day event. And then they announced other events. Another one is coming to David City, Nebraska, a town square event and tree lighting on October 30th to, uh, oh, and this is interesting, to honor Joyce C. Hall, the founder of Hallmark Cards. Oh, damn. Um, and then they're going to do another one in Beauregard, Alabama. I really, really think this is awesome that if you're not familiar was a town ravaged by tornadoes uh in march and part of the team that's going to build 15 new homes to replace the devastated area uh, is going to be part of that new special um project christmas joy is what it's going to be called so yes christmas con and some other events coming I'm predicting right now this thing's going to blow up. Right? Like, I think it's going to become like as everywhere. huge as Comic-Con, as yeah. huge as Walker Stalker Con. I just – guys, if Christmas on Hallmark is some serious <laughs> business, okay? It is. I mean it started off with like a movie yeah. a week, you know, or, you know, for Christmas during the month – the week of Christmas, 114-plus original Christmas movies this season yeah. alone already started, by the way. Exactly. And I October. That's how it's grown. Kudos, though, to Bill Abbott because this guy is just killing it. He found something that works, and he's the only cable channel that is still rising in ratings year after year after year and just killing it. Forget all these streamers. We can talk about streaming wars. This guy's like, fuck it. I'm in cable and we're, I'm killing it. You know, so good for him. And, you know, and, and this next story, and we all know we love Oprah, Hell yeah! but this is a testament to how popular Hallmark Christmas movies are. Oprah is trying to copy it. Yeah. Now, normally, Jero and I were joking about this. Uh, normally, you try to copy Oprah. Exactly. But you must be feeling good if you're Bill Abbott to know that Oprah is trying to copy you. Right. OWN, which is Oprah's network, we all know, she's looking to directly compete with Hallmark Channel by making its first jump into original holiday movies yeah. <laughs> with One Fine Christmas, Carol's Christmas, and Baking Christmas. Three original Christmas projects set to air over three consecutive Fridays in November. And the reason being, and they stated it flat out, 
holiday movies are a major audience draw, especially among women who are Owen's core demographic. Now, Bill Abbott figured that out a decade yeah, ago. Exactly. But now everybody's <laughs> jumping on it. You know, we uh, saw Netflix do it with a couple of movies last year. Lifetime has tried to mimic it. Like, the, everybody's jumping on this bandwagon. And I think while everybody will kind of tune in and watch these, they're never going to be able to match the success right. that Hallmark has. Because no. they've just got this 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 template that exactly. they use. It works. It does. And so, good for Oprah, though, for trying. I, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be tuning yeah. in. Hell yeah. We'll see how you do, Oprah. Uh, um, best of luck. And oh uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Right, right. It's Christmas <laughs> like, in October. I mean, we're just like, it's not even it. Halloween yet. Yeah, it's like, not even Halloween. <laughs> maybe for Halloween, I'll go as Santa. Maybe. Like, yeah. you know, I'm just going to combine all the holidays. Uh, so fucking funny. Okay, heading over to the business side of things. NBC Universal, you know they're working everything out over there. That's right. Uh, Universal Television and Universal Content Productions will move under one single business united name named NBC Universal Content Studios. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that was original, wasn't it? Right? Let's, like, let's take Universal Television and Universal Content and call it Universal Content Studios. Like yeah. it'll be great. Okay. But anyway, kudos to them because yet another woman executive in charge, Bonnie Hammer at the helm. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I love to see that. Um, Hammer had been spearheading MC, uh, NBC's upcoming streaming service, The Peacock, um, as chairman of direct, I know you can't say it without that. I know. It's so funny. Um, she's going to assume the new title of chairman, NBC Universal Content Studios. She'll report to Steve Burke, who is the CEO of NBC Universal. So she's going to be reporting directly to him. Yeah. Matt Strauss is going to join NBC Universal from Comcast as taking over as chairman of Peacock. Again, I just—it's an interesting title. What do you do? I'm the chairman of Peacock. Um, yeah, yeah. And then George Cheeks, the co-chairman of NBC Entertainment, meaning the guy who decides what goes on to primetime and you know shows like right. that. He's going to become the vice chairman of NBC Universal Content Studios, reporting directly to Hammer. Mm-hmm. So um, there you go. Uh, it. it I think it's the right move. Yeah. I think when you have too many chiefs and not enough Indians, you know, shit gets confused and Agreed. doesn't get done. Agreed. So to bring it all together, pull it under one unit, one, you know, building, and have that's where your focus yeah. is, I think that's the smart move. Agreed. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. Look, I mean, a lot of success is riding on these streaming services yeah, exactly. getting ready to launch. Exactly. So, I think this is a good way to monitor what's happening with Peacock, what can we and can we not put on Peacock. And so to bring all the content under one roof, I just, yeah, smart move. We'll see how it works out. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And this next one, Gwen must have just been like a one-season person because she does yeah. not want to stay yeah. on The just, Voice. Just a favor for the yeah, boyfriend, I guess. Just, just like, eh, I'll yeah. do this. <laughs> I'll have nothing else going on right now. You know, though, I kind of – I. You can't tell me it doesn't play personally. No. But I kind of respect her decision because, you know, when you – if you're working together 12, 14, 16 right. hours a day and then you're going home and you're spending the rest of the time together, you know, that can hurt a relationship. Yeah, and and so I think I, I, I really respect her that maybe she doesn't want to work together with yeah. him. 
because she wants to keep the successful relationship. Yeah. And, and, you know, she's coming out of a bad relationship. I think it's a smart move. Yeah. They're not hurting, though. No. Nick Jonas is going to join the show. That's right. Nick Jonas from the Jonas Brothers. He's going to be the official replacement yeah. for Adam Levine. Well, the thing was, because, I mean, I started watching it this season. I mean, yeah, Gwen Stefani with No Doubt and her rocker days. But I felt like there wasn't really a true rocker on, like, on the four chairs anymore. Yeah. Just yeah. because, like... Kelly does Christian country pop that, and then you know John with the R and B, Blake with the country, and yep. it seemed like Gwen was basically pop. I mean, she was wearing this bright, bedazzled, like crazy getup. It was wild. So yeah. I mean, there was really no representation of rock and roll. No, there wasn't. That's true. I mean, totally agree. And I mean, Nick Jonas. I mean, it, it, look, he's a talented guy. Yeah, I don't know exactly. how he's finding the time to do it. Honestly, yeah. with um. Uh, he's getting into acting. Exactly. You know, he's got uh, a couple of movies coming out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, they, Jonas Brothers just dropped an album. Like, yeah. You know, they're going on tour. Like, but he says he's excited about it. Um. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, good for him. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, the Village creator and executive producer Mike Daniels and executive producer Jessica Rhodes have reteamed for another drama at NBC, or which has landed at NBC. Yeah, this is an interesting story right here. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I feel like everybody, like I just said, is trying to come up with content for their streamers. Yeah, basically. And my my thing is, is, is this going to hurt the network? broadcasts right. you know i mean uh, because i feel like even though they say oh it's landed at nbc for development yeah they don't really say does that mean broadcast right or is it going to streamer right. or and have you noticed that every time we talk about these stories it's uh landed a development deal landed a development yeah. deal landed i feel like they're just stabbing at things because yeah. they need content for their streamers Agreed. and so they're just poking at all these projects and throwing them into yeah. development to see what they can and can't well stick. i mean also with that i feel like that's a big reason why i mean of course all of these people are creative but i feel like that's a big reason why all of these celebrities and actors and other producers are landing huge overall deals absolutely with all the different companies so. absolutely and and is that or is that not a good thing exactly. we, we don't we don't know yeah. <laughs> so that's something we're going to keep an eye on um you know what abc what we just listed three for abc yeah, basically. you know at least disney plus came out and said no this is for disney right, plus exactly. but i mean we'll keep an eye on all these in development shows yeah. and we'll find out where they end up agreed, i mean agreed now this next one amazon's in development show this shit is hilarious yeah yeah it's ordered its first unscripted original tv series called celebrity hunted the series will launch on amazon prime video in more than 200 countries and territories next year and the format, get this guys, is a real life thriller spanning six episodes where eight local celebrities are being hunted by professional investigators and cyber analysts. Right. Shit is so freaking funny. Okay, and unlike here where we say celebrity shows and it's usually like, you know, these eight people over there are like some of the biggest yeah. stars in Italy. Yeah. So you know uh, what this could be the spawn of, like Hunger Games or something. Yes. Shit. Like, yeah. It's kind of yeah. like that. I wouldn't even. I would not be shocked at all if if it's successful for Amazon, they convert it to an American show and call it fucking Hunger yeah, Games. Exactly. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that if that was worked out. But you know, we're gonna see it translate to an American oh, yeah. version of it. There's no doubt about that. Definitely. Um. 
But man, can I mean they can't stay away from paparazzi no, here. How are they gonna they avoid really like all of that? I don't know, man. It's gonna exactly. be interesting to say the least. Hell so yeah. and like you just said, transitioning about all these people signing overall deals. Exactly. Little Marvin writer and executive producer yep. uh, of the Covenant. Uh that's an upcoming series on Amazon. His production company, Odd Man Out, has signed an overall deal with Amazon Studios. <laughs> Part of the deal, right. Odd Man Out will create and produce original series and films for Amazon Studios to premiere exclusively on Prime Video. So there you go, to ex- premiere exclusively on their streamer. Yep. So, yeah, it, it's just it's getting crazy the amount of money that these studios are spending to sign these people to yeah. these huge deals. Yeah. It's, it's just <laughs> like, mind-boggling. And it just shows you how much money Amazon actually has because oh. we know they're spending billions more than any other series oh, yeah. has ever spent on that lord of the rings series yeah, yeah. so damn well they they got that 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 richest guy in the yeah. world uh, as the head uh, of that company yeah. right jeff bezos, bezos yeah. yeah i mean yeah so. <laughs> they got a little bit of money i am just saying just you know a little, just a little even enough so to uh, invest in a third walking dead series yes yeah. yes you heard that right and and I'm not sure why, and we'll talk about that yeah, in a second, seriously. but a third Walking Dead series headed to Amazon Prime, not AMC. Yeah. Uh, the upcoming third series in the Walking Dead universe is going to play on Amazon Prime and AMC's international yeah, channels. Yeah. That's how they're working around that. Yeah. Um, the series already in production in the U.S., um, so yeah, yeah, – yeah, it's going to be pre-bought for the Asia-Pacific, Middle East, and Africa, and Europe uh, areas. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, so so crazy. AMC's international arm has, its, uh, has it for its local channels. AMC Networks International has also got a 10-partner uh, in Latin America deal. So mm-hmm. AMC is going to produce it. Yeah. Uh, it's going to drop in 2020. It's going to feature – okay. And it seems to be heading this way as well because yeah. Fear the Walking Dead – turned into being led by a female. Yeah. So um, this one also, focusing on two young female protagonists and the focus of first generation to come to age in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. So basically preteens yeah. and then teens coming of age yeah. in a zombie apocalypse. So fucking like, weird. Um, yeah, it's spinning into something I feel like nobody really wants to watch anymore. No, and we can confirm that by saying that The Walking Dead season premiere, season 10 premiere just a week ago or so, smallest same-day audience ever yeah that's drawing crazy four million viewers that's it 1.4 rating amongst the 18 to 49 demographic which mm-hmm. is the key that's 34 percent down Damn. from the year before in total viewers 35 percent in amc's core demographic of 25 to 54 year olds wow. so what does that say exactly. and guys that's been happening Every year for the last five years, yeah. the season premiere has been lower than the season before. Exactly. The only time they bucked that trend is Negan. Yeah. But even after that, people exactly. were like, oh, okay, we finally saw Negan. Now we don't give a shit again. Exactly. And like, so why would you keep spinning these right. shows off? It's clearly exactly. people are tiring of it. And AMC is trying to come up with an excuse. They said, well, hold on, hold on. We released the season premiere a week early on if you were an AMC premiere member. Mm-hmm. So you got to say, and we think a lot of people watched it then. Yeah. Like, did they? Because yeah. like, did that really translate to why you only had so many people I don't know. I just feel like people are getting tired of it. Agreed. Playing into that, and we, we, I, I just want to, because I saw this, Walker Stalker Con is no longer going to be 
all over. Mm. It's not going to be international. It's not going to be in different cities. It's exclusively coming back to Atlanta and only Atlanta oh, once a year. Damn. So Walker Stalker Con Atlanta. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So now why? Uh, because it's only popular in Atlanta now right. still. Is it losing? Remember we were getting – some of the stars were suing because yeah, they weren't getting paid exactly. for their perfect so, – Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe they just had to pay out so much money that they can't afford all I, I mean because – and, and, and why? Because not enough people are buying the, exactly. the photos or the ops with the guests. Yep. And like I mean I think it's dying a little bit. And yeah. that, it's a shame because it was a great show. I agree. It was a really great show. But yeah. – Anyway, they're going to try to save it, though, yeah. I think, because, you know, they also confirmed that Lauren Cohen, after Whiskey Cavalier, yeah, R. fuck R. that, man, fuck ABC. Scott yeah, Foley, man, I just, yeah, man, I wish that show would have survived, but it didn't. So Lauren Cohen is coming <laughs> back as Maggie. They officially announced after lengthy negotiations, I feel they were only lengthy because Whiskey Cavalier was on, and exactly. once it wasn't, then the lengthy ended. Yeah. Um, she signed on to rejoin Walking Dead as a series regular. And they officially announced that it's renewed for season 11. Yeah, yeah. They officially announced season 11 after they revealed that it was the lowest numbers right, ever like, for the season premiere of 10. Exactly. Well, I mean, as we've seen some from so many other streamers like Apple and Disney and a couple others, that maybe this was a put-to-series order and that they don't want to go back on that so they don't have to get sued. <laughs> that's true. And speaking of, that's a great transition because if you guys remember, we talked about this uh, a few months back. Um, you might remember that a stuntman, yeah. John Burnecker, who was killed on the set of The Walking Dead, yeah. um, fell to his death. Um his family sued. If you remember, we, we told you about that. They brought a lawsuit. AMC said that they weren't responsible because he knew the risks. And under Georgia law, they apparently have a law that if you enter into a risky situation knowing the risks, that they're not held liable, blah, 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 blah. Um, that ruling didn't fly with the judge. He said that they didn't adequately prove that he knew the sufficient risks going into it. Right. AMC then tried to counter by saying, well, they're still not responsible because it was actually done by a different production company, not AMC itself. Mm. That didn't fly with the judge either. He said that the plaintiffs did a good enough job connecting that production company to AMC and that a jury needs to decide what's going to happen in this case. So it's moving forward. The lawsuit did not get kicked. So we wanted to give you the very latest on that. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about this week in and week out about the death yeah. and or major injury of stunt people. Yeah. And it's just And even it's actors doing their own stunts. Like yeah. How many times does Tom Cruise get hurt? Exactly. I mean, I mean just talked about Ruby Rose. Like. I, I feel like it's got to be regulated now at some yeah. point. Some changes have to be made to keep things safer on the set, Agreed. to make sure these people who are putting themselves in risk are at least provided the very best chance at success and Agreed. not injury. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how many we've lost. Yeah. I mean, and can somebody please come on, Oscars, give them a fucking category. These people deserve a right. fucking Oscar. I agree. You man. know? Definitely, definitely. Well, heading over to Apple, another one of the biggest people with the biggest pockets. Um, they are in final negotiations to pick up Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds' musical reimagining of Charles Dickens' classic, A Christmas Carol. 
Yes. This is going to be funny as shit. Yeah. Remember, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when they announced that they were going to do it. Yeah. But at that point, I guess a bidding war started yeah. because they said Apple was, you know, came out on top in the bidding war. Yeah. I can only imagine all these streamers trying to get their hands on this. Mm-hmm. But Apple got it, yeah. you know, because while they might not have Amazon money, Apple ain't hurting. Right. They exactly. got a lot of money also. And, um,. <laughs> There you go. Um, They haven't disclosed the terms of the deal, but I'm betting it was pretty lucrative. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, and Apple said that they made the move and were willing to spend the big money because they're aggressively seeking to make an impact in the original movie space of all the streamers. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, it's really going to be interesting, man. It's really going to be interesting. Now, this next one is... Pretty interesting. Uh, the Irishman is set to come to Broadway from November 1st to December 1st. The Irishman will screen at the Sherbert Organization's historic Blisco Theater, mm-hmm. uh, mimicking the standard Broadway schedule of eight nights per week, Tuesday through Sunday evenings, with matinees and on Saturday and Sunday as traditional on Broadway. The theater will be dark on Mondays, though, with no uh, screenings. That would be really awesome to get to go see. Um, And I really think it's because Scorsese wants to show it in New York first because that's where he's from. Yeah, and to do this, though, on Broadway and do it as a play instead of the movie. Now, don't get me wrong when I say that. I'm not saying that they are screening the movie, but they're doing it in a way that they would present a play, meaning you're only going to get eight showings of it all week, just like you would with a play. Um, It's not going to be shown three, four, five, ten times a day. Once a day, eight screenings total over that period of time, and that's really interesting. And what's even more is the first time a film screening's ever been held at Belasco's in its 112-year history. Oh, wow. So this is, like, all brand new, which is, like... That's crazy. It really is. It really is. And I know everybody's been wondering, The Irishman will launch on Netflix November 27th. Yes. And it will, though, however, be in theaters before that. Yeah. So limited. So find you a good theater. I would recommend Regal because they seem to get these limited, you know, releases. Uh, Get you a Regal Unlimited. Yeah. (laughs) Go see The Irishman and then come home and watch it on Netflix. Right. Um. Hmm. They're Netflix making some moves, though. They are. They are. They're trying, at least. Um, they have green-lit Shanjay Patel's new series, Gee Happy. Or Gee Happy. Yep. Uh, the animated show from director, animator, illustrator Patel, uh, Paddle, is playful reimagining of the... <laughs> or Patel. Whatever it is. Look, I'm just going to say, I know Patel really well. That's yeah. my cardiologist. Okay? Not the animator Patel, but a no, Patel. Yeah. So, you know, okay. That's the only reason I know Patel. Yeah. I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. You, you good? You good? Thank you. Uh, and it's going to be about the Hindu, uh, the Hindu religion uh, and the Hindu... Uh, Deities, yeah. Deities as kids discovering their powers and their deity daycare, appropriately called Ghee Happy. Yeah, so I get that's cute. That's yeah. going to be the name of the daycare, you know, and these it's like these Hindu gods are going right. to come to power in this daycare. Right. It's interesting. Look, this person's got a lot of experience. You yeah. probably recognize the name. I mean, the the both the Incredibles movies, Cars. Mm-hmm. He's been doing animation for a long time, so it's going to be really interesting to see how this one kicks off. And some breaking news that we just saw, uh, and I find this one really interesting uh, because it's Apple and not Netflix. Uh, Alfonso Mm Cuaron, remember Roma? Yeah. 
I, you remember Roma. Yeah. You remember me saying I couldn't fucking understand it. I hated it. I turned it off and on like 15 fucking times to get through it. That one. Who got all the Oscar <laughs> buzz, did all the Oscar stuff for Netflix. Well, Alfonso Cuaron thanked Netflix by signing an overall deal at Apple. Oh, shit. <laughs> Which I just found shocking. Yeah. A multi-year overall deal at Apple. Yeah. Under the deal, the multi-hyphenate, <laughs> I love that, Alfonso Caron, uh, will develop television projects exclusively for Apple streaming service, Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, his uh, Caron's longtime producing partner, Gabriela Rodriguez, will run day-to-day operations at his London-based production company, and he will still maintain his deal with anonymous content and will partner with them on certain projects in addition to continuing his work with other collectors collaborators Mm -hmm. but yeah so there you go after all the stuff and they even go on to say quran's most recent project critically acclaimed roma sucked Mm. (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm just saying but anyway i just wanted to get that in there because i thought that was hilarious we're talking netflix they're making these moves they're doing the irishman they're and let's let's be real about it Scorsese is going to have huge success with the Irishman and all this stuff because they're using the same format to roll it out for Oscar contention that they did with Roma. So Roma played heavily in the Netflix's grand scheme of films and the Oscars. (laughs) So he went to Apple. I don't know what that says, Uh, but there it is breaking right there. Yeah. It's going to Apple. It's so freaking funny, man. So freaking funny. Well, we got some HBO max stuff as well. Yes expanding its kids content giving eight episode orders to unscripted competition series karma and craftopa interesting yeah karma is going to be an hour-long adventure competition series hosted by extreme lifestyle enthusiast kare it's going to take 16 contestants ranging in age from 12 to 15 completely off the grid to solve puzzles and overcome physical challenges with the laws of karma Mm. setting the rules Nice. Yeah. It's going to apparently test their mental and physical stamina Mm -hmm. of its young contestants as they unravel how their social actions impact their success or failure. What? (laughs) Craftopia is described as an epic kids crafting competition show hosted and executive produced by Rhea Maki, uh, who was deemed the millennial Martha Stewart by Forbes. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, on Craftopia, 9 to 15-year-old contestants put their imaginations to the test and make their crafting dreams come true in a magical studio. <laughs> After racing to fill up their carts with inspiring materials from the studio store, crafters meet larger-than-life challenges, making the most amazing creations the world has ever seen. Oh. Wow, HBO Max is getting just a little braggy They're there. They're going for the it. Mo- yeah. I mean, so, look, I'll I talk about this for a second because we just talked about um, Netflix. You know, with the animation deal, you know, we, we've seen all these studios, uh, Apple with the, the, the peanuts and stuff. Yep. All these people are making a huge concerted effort to jump into that frame. Yeah. You know, con- kids content. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's good to see it making such a strong comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's been lacking over the – to me, Cartoon Network and Boomerang just kind of lost their, their gumption, yeah, I guess. They're, they're, they're like drive. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm – I'm old. You're not. But I'm I'm old school. I mean, Saturday morning cartoons were a big deal for me. Yeah, so uh, you know, you woke up at 6 a.m. and you didn't basically leave the front of the set until six, seven hours later. 
later, yeah. you know, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Exactly. Because you had a whole run of cartoons, exactly. man. That was your Saturday morning. Yeah. And I, I'm glad to see that kids' content is making a comeback. Yeah. And I kind of like that they're, they're finding ways to not only provide the kids' content, but do it with educational right. as well. Right. So, you know, with, with these competition shows or showing, you know, yeah. I, I think that's a smart move. But give us some good cartoons, too. Exactly. That's a, you exactly. know, good Well, cartoons. Little Cam and I were talking about it the other day about how SpongeBob from when we were kids and SpongeBob now, that seems like they have made him a little bit dumber. Like, yeah. I don't know why that is the way it is. I don't know if they just ran out of clever content, so they just went to basically pre-K content. I don't know, man, but I don't, I don't, just I, saying. I don't know, but one thing is for sure, the kid market is huge, yeah, and all these people are trying to jump on it and capitalize. So let, everything plays into the streaming war, whether it's about original movies, yep. whether it's about original series, whether it's about kid content, yep. Christmas movies, whatever the fuck it is, they're all clamoring for content to yep. try to fill these streamers it's so it's going to be fun to watch fun for us to watch maybe not so fun for the streamers who aren't winning yeah but it, it's definitely going to be speaking of a non-kid show yes though, <laughs> uh, and i'm a huge fan okay zendaya euphoria you guys have heard me talk about it it's a brilliant show i loved every episode of it I thought it was fantastic just a brilliant show but it is gritty it does deal with drugs it does deal with mental health. It does deal with a lot of heavy topics. So HBO has decided that they're going to do a It's Okay initiative, mm -hmm. which is basically saying that they're going to put these disclaimers, little 10-second disclaimers, in front of certain episodes that highlight bad stuff, like the yeah. drugs or the mental Makes illness and, and the stuff like that. And their goal, they said, is to destigmatize uh, conversations around mental health yeah. and around drug use and stuff and actually start the conversation. Yeah. So I, I took this as that's a little mm, yeah. the jab at Netflix yeah. who decided to just go all the way the other way and just take out controversial exactly. scenes from their controversial shows. Exactly. Like, you know, we talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago on the show. See, this is why you need to listen to the show, guys, just every saying. week. If you, this is your first episode, go back and listen to other ones. We talk about everything and, and we're on it. So – but Netflix cutting out the suicide scene yeah. in 13 Reasons Why, the first yeah. season. The whole first season was about her suicide. <laughs> it was like leading up, up to the that. 13 Reasons Why I Killed Myself. Exactly. And then you took out her killing herself. Like, what, what the fuck? Just put a disclaimer. So kudos for them hbo max going the other way and saying yeah. we're not going to edit this creator's content yeah. we're not going to make him change the way they do things we're just going to start a conversation and put it out there and get people talking I agree. and we talked about this and we have a guest a great guest coming up in a couple of weeks that we talk about this heavily with yeah there is a stigma on mental health there is and and how people mental health leads to the problems that we're having with the shooters and yep. the guns and, the, and isolation and so kudos to hbo max yep. it is a conversation that needs to be had people do need to talk about it that's how we're going to start fixing this shit Agreed. so kudos to hbo max for that definitely definitely i got soapbox right there yeah, you just, did you bam, went into it just, like, it's good it's know. good shit it's good shit good content well speaking of good content at least for teens it seems like uh youtube surpasses netflix as the top video choice in the u.s for teens now 37 percent of teenagers say they spend the majority of their time watching content on youtube which is super crazy because it seems like they like the original people who basically make their own videos and yeah. their own ideas. Yeah. So I think that's a huge like stick against 
all these remakes, reboots, all that shit. So yeah, I mean, just shows. It, look, and then uh, yeah, I think I, that's spot on. Yeah, and then look how many series. Yeah. Are spawning off of these original creators exactly. on YouTube. Exactly. So I mean, it, it, not only are they they loving what they're seeing from the creator yeah. themselves, but then those creators, in some instances, are getting lucky because their shit's being bought up and then created into series and, and different projects, movies and shit. So Agreed. good for them. And how many music? stars have yeah, we found on youtube, on YouTube. who have become huge sensations you know that were discovered on youtube so exactly. it makes sense to me it, yeah, it really yeah. makes sense to me honestly honestly well, you know what else makes sense a john wick spin-off franchise mm. <laughs> yes we still got to catch you up yeah we do i, I have saying. not seen all of them oh my goodness uh, we have not seen all of them uh lionsgate set len weissman to direct and it's going to be called Ballerina. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. A female take on John Wick. Uh, they announced it right as they announced that they're moving forward with John Wick 4. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be badass. Yeah, it really is. And there's a huge part in the latest film, the third film, where he goes and visits like another assassin who's a ballerina instructor. And she's a badass, honestly. Oh, okay. She's like an old veteran ballerina. So, and it seems like her little assassin crew are like basically the ballerinas on stage. So I think this is where that stems from. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so that makes total sense then. Uh, and well, and that's kind of badass to think about. You know, this ballerina group exactly. really is a bunch of assassins. Exactly. And will it be like the Black Widow program, Ooh. like in Marvel? Like, yeah. are these like girls trained as young yeah. ballerinas to come up in this as oh. assassins? Yeah. You know. So. Shit. And what is this a direct Direct, we're going to take on Black Widow. Exactly. That's I, I feel like too. that's what, what it's going to be. Look, Len Weissman was a smart choice. Yeah. If you guys don't know who that is, Agreed. Underworld, Kate yeah. Beckinsale. Yeah. He's got some experience with kick-ass, badass female yeah, leads. Who, you know, so I, th- I think he's going to do pretty well with this. Um, it's a popular franchise, and and you know we know the women's movement is killing it right now. Yep. I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. Agreed, agreed. And speaking of a badass woman, yes. uh, Time's Up, Michelle Obama's former chief of staff has been named president and CEO of the Time's Up movement and organization. Yep. Uh, she will take over on November 1st. She succeeds Lisa Borders, mm-hmm. who stepped down last February after just four months on the job because of sexual assault allegations against her son wow yeah you probably shouldn't be leaving the whole time's up me too kind of stuff if your son was accused of it so look uh michelle obama's chief of staff she was a badass yeah uh she's got a lot of potential a lot of clout a lot of contacts i think she's the right woman for the job uh so we'll see we'll see how that moves forward but i I think it's a step in the right direction Mm -hmm. anyway because you need – I mean this is a movement mm-hmm. and a movement, whether we like it or not, is political. Yep, so someone exactly. with a background in that who's who's capable of doing this type of a charge, I think they made the right decision. Yeah. Now this next one, whoo, this is crazy. NBC and the Television Academy getting a little uh, – getting a little crazy with Mindy calling there. Yeah. Yeah, this is nuts. She was doing an interview and she was talking about how when it came time for uh, awards, mm-hmm. Emmy Awards and stuff, she claims that the Television Academy told her they were going to drop her from the producers list because there were too many producers on the show. That's fucked. The problem with that is that it would have resulted in her not being uh, eligible to collect if it won Best Series because yeah. that goes to the producers. Uh, she said that they made her fill out all kinds of stuff. When when they finally did 
did come down. She also points out she was the only woman of color at the time. Oh, wow. But when they did finally break down and say, okay, we'll keep you, but they apparently made her do all this other kind of stuff. Fill out a form, write an essay about all of her contributions as a writer and producer. She had to get letters from all the other male producers saying that what she had contributed to the show. Um, And there it is. And she was like, fuck that. My record stood for itself. Right. So um, this is a crazy story, man. Like if that's true – yeah. Like, I just feel like, what the fuck? Exactly. This is a brilliantly talented woman. Exactly. And if you're a producer, I don't care. How many shows nowadays have like 85 fucking producers? Exactly. They tell any of the producers on Grey's Anatomy that they can't go up there and accept the right. award? Like, like, come on, man. I mean, that's ridiculous. They, of course, deny it. Yeah, no course. one person was signaled out. There was an increase in concern years ago regarding the number of performers and writers that seek a producer credit. And at the time, they claim the Producers Guild worked with the Academy to correct uh, vet producer eligibility. Mm. Really? Because, right. I mean, we see stars of shows get producer credits all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, so I just – I think this is bullshit. Good for her for calling them out. Exactly. You know, if you're a producer and you've legit done producing tasks, yeah. I don't care if you're a star of the show or writer of the show or whatever the fucking show. If you're doing the producing job, you're a producer, you should get the credit. Mm-hmm. Like, period. Agreed. Agreed. And I mean, you don't want people stepping in on your territory. <laughs> no. No. We were talking about this at the top of the show with everybody making the move into the foreign markets. Yeah. Uh, BBC don't like that. No. <laughs> no. No. The British Broadcasting, they don't like it. Their general uh, director, Tony Hall, and content chief, Charlotte Moore, They've announced plans for a massive reinvention of their pioneering streaming service. It's called iPlayer. No, it has nothing to do with Apple. Right. Okay. Um, it launched actually in uh, London uh, or England around the same time as Netflix launched. Yeah. But they're going to do a total TV service. This is their reinvention, turning it into a total TV service, mm. serving personalized content to audiences, including live events, box set events, and all of the broadcasters' television stations. Wow. And they admitted they're doing this as a direct response to the invasion into their territory by Netflix, Amazon, Apple, and all the other streamers yeah. trying to come in yeah. and create content over there. Right. And we've got a great BAFTA story. If you guys don't know, that's like the British Academy Awards for film and television. They see what's going on with America taking British shows also and getting all kinds of shit and them not. So we got a little story about that yeah. too. Well, basically what we're saying is while everybody here in America is trying to break into that foreign international market, the international market might not want them there. Right. So – there you go. <laughs> Super crazy, man. Super oh, this crazy. next. So let's let's jump to BAFTA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, the, that's the British uh, equivalent of their Academy Awards or their Emmy Awards. Um, they're making a change to the eligibility rules. Yeah. A show will no longer have to premiere in the UK first to qualify for production categories. Oh, damn. The reason they're doing this is because Fleabag. Yeah. You guys remember, one huge at the Emmys, right? Well, it debuted over here first because it's an American show even yeah. though it's a BBC product. The problem is that is that BAFTA kind of bent their own rules mm. to have it be nominated for the BAFTAs. Yeah. And people went crazy saying, that's not fair. You're bending rules and other shows didn't get to get nominated for that and they should have been nominated for that. Yeah. But you only did it for Fleabag, blah, blah. So they're changing the rules. Exactly. Like, fuck that. <laughs> uh, a show will no longer, like I said, have to premiere in the UK first. Um, 
it says that programs will be eligible if they are initiated and developed in the UK and have creative control residing in the UK regardless of where they air. So the program must be on a UK air in the same calendar year, but it can bow in the US or any other territory. There you go. So um, they're fixing that rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you, I guess they're your rules to break. Mm-hmm. So they broke the rules, and now they're changing the rules so they don't have to break the rules anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes sense, though. I mean, we talk about that. We were just talking about this before we started the show about how America's classic had taken British shows yeah, and turned them into huge hits ours? over here. So, you know, so now we've got two stories in a row where they're ramping up their own original content to try to fight off the invasion over there. Now they're changing rules for American shows to be okay over there. Exactly. We should say British shows that are American that are over there. Yeah. So, but good for them. You got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, man. Dude, this next one. Ugh. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, this crushes me, dude, because I'm a huge Jeopardy fan. I know. Anybody that listens to the show knows, huge Jeopardy fan. Alex Trebek, um, as you guys might remember, we talked about that his cancer went into remission. Everybody was excited and, you know, he thought he was be- – but we talked about also after that just a couple weeks ago that it had come back, yeah. that he's back in treatment and um, apparently it's not going well. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, probably really bad and um, he's coming to terms with his death. Uh, he said he revealed that his skills behind the podium have started to diminish due to the chemotherapy. Uh, it's been causing sores inside his mouth that makes it difficult for him to speak and enunciate things properly. And, um, he may have to end up leaving the show earlier than anticipated. He said the only reason he hasn't so far is because that the people around him have said, Oh no, we don't even notice. We can't notice. Mm -hmm. And his response to that was, but I notice and soon you'll notice. And when that happens, it's time to go. Um, I can't imagine Jeopardy without Alex well, Trebek. I know. But I also read as a follow-up to this story that apparently the search is on for his replacement. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It's going to be I, a just, difficult one, man. That I is. mean, remember everybody said, you know, uh, Bob Barker couldn't be replaced and yeah. Drew Carey's done a pretty adequate he job. Is. But I just feel like the sentiment of why Alex is being replaced and then just Alex Trebek is Alex Trebek. Yeah, man. exactly. Unless you're going to get Will Ferrell on there doing Alex yeah. Trebek. We did it. Ooh, sorry. Yeah. You know, I, I just, it's going to be tough, man. It's yeah. going to be really tough. I but. mean, and we were just talking about criminal minds, or not criminal minds, but uh, forensic files without right. uh, the dude's the, voice. Not, I mean, when you're so so iconic to a certain situation like yeah i just i don't know man it's gonna be tough to watch jeopardy without alex trebek it's gonna suck uh but i mean you know thoughts and prayers with him definitely hopefully maybe the chemo can kick this thing's ass Mm -hmm. you know we don't want to like put a sentence on anybody so i mean i'm pulling for him man i mean even if he has to step away from jeopardy i'm just i'm pulling for i hope he can somehow make it through and you know we don't lose him because that would suck uh man back to lawsuits yeah sag after more than a dozen protests of uh, Gabriel Cateris's re-election as president of SAG-AFTRA, they're all dismissed. Yeah. You remember we talked about this. Again, <laughs> we talked about this because we talked about everything in industry news. Go back and listen. Um, you remember a bunch of people just were not happy she won again. Yeah. Filed all kinds of lawsuits saying she broke federal election laws. She broke union laws. She broke all kinds of stuff. Well, the commission, uh, the union's commission, uh, National Election Committee, mm-hmm. looked at all of it, researched all of it, studied it, and they concluded that there was no violation of the SAG after constitution, the election policy, or any federal election laws and dismissed all of it. Yeah. So guys and gals, Gabrielle is your president. <laughs> like it or not, yep. 
vote come again. We, do you want her out? Exactly. Try again. I mean, the turnout was again awful. Yeah. You know, exactly. so it was awful. If you don't want her there, these frivolous lawsuits aren't going to do it. You got to okay. vote her out. That's all I'm saying. Voting is important. Although we should say, and we'll talk about this on next week's show because we don't have enough information yet. Apparently, there was some legit fraud in the SAG-AFTRA New Orleans oh, elections really? for their local ofi- officials. Yeah. So we'll talk about more. That, that story is just kind of coming together. Uh, and we'll talk about that more on next week's show. So no fraud on Gabrielle Gutierrez's part on the national level. Maybe some fraud in New Orleans. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that and let you know. Yeah. Point is, vote. Yeah. You can't complain if you don't vote. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Now it is time for our guest interview this week. We got the one and only David Starzik coming on the show. Best known from Cam Girls, Lost, Veronica Mars, The Affair, and so much more. Like we said, this guy's been on basically everything. Yeah, man. He's one of those faces you'll immediately recognize. You'll probably recognize the voice right away. Uh, I can't wait for y'all to hear this conversation. A lot of fun. I had a blast. Let's go. David Starzik, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? How you doing? What? Good, brother. What's up? Living the dream. You already know. <laughs> yeah, man. I know. I know. <laughs> and, dude, man, we're super stoked because we got a lot of Veronica Mars listeners, bro, and they're pretty pumped that you're going to be on the show. So. Oh, I'm, I listen, I'm pumped to do it. I, I Listen, I really, really, really appreciate you guys taking the time out to talk to me. You know, it's, uh, it's it, it means a lot, so thank you. Oh, yeah, man. You're very welcome. Man. And it's an inspiring story, man. We're doing our research on you and everything. You're, you're just the type of person that we like to have on the show because we've got a lot of people who are trying to get into the industry. And I, I feel like when we get the guests whose stories are like yours, it, it really inspires them to keep going after the dream, man. Good, good, because, you know, I had... Uh, I was fortunate enough to have people like that when I was younger in my life. So it's, I'm glad to be able to share anything I can to help anybody. I, I'm, I'm, that's part of my responsibility as a quote-unquote older actor now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to go with older actor. We're probably around the same age. So I'm just going to say you're still a young man and doing well, doing well. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. I'm still, I'm still a young fella. You're absolutely right. There you go. There you go. Now, now my co-host here, you know, he might, he might beg to differ. But that's all right. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> It's all good. It's so, all good. so let's. Uh, listen, any, 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 any day I wake up in the morning, I'm fine. It's absolutely, that that's me to a T. So let's jump right in, man, because like I said, it's a pretty inspiring story, from what I understand. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you always kind of wanted to be an actor. You know, you knew that's what you kind of wanted to do. But there was a, uh, as you call it, a come to Jesus moment that kind of really pushed you into it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's 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 a few of them. Um, so I guess maybe the first one. Uh, for me, there's a couple of them early on that really shaped a lot of what I, I decided to do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first ones was when I went to Fenway Park and saw Roger Clemens. Uh, I'm a big Red Sox fan. and um, I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to let that go, David, because I'm a Yankees fan, but we're good. We're good. We're good. Oh, God, I don't know. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt your Roger Clemens moment there, but I just, you know. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. You know, I deserve to have my nose up in it a little bit. <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, I went to Fenway. Roger Clemens was pitching. And then he was just, back when he was so great, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I remember thinking to myself, gee, I'd, you know, I'd give my left you-know-what to be able to stand up there and do that. Absolutely. But I can't. I don't have the physical ability. However, I defy him to, you know learn uh, an entire Shakespearean role and stand up in front of a thousand people and do it, he couldn't do that. 
So it came to the realization that, you know, you got to do what you're good at mm-hmm. or what you're, you know, and, and, and I, I have no pretensions. I'm not Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, but I know how to do my job. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's important. Um, the other one was um, when I was 31, again, no, not quite 31 yet, actually. My best friend was 31 and he died of cancer. Um, oh. We were very young and it was a long time ago. It was 30 years ago, but, you know, I realized then... Uh, we all know that there's an impermanence to all of this, right? But you don't really understand it until someone that you really are close to kicks the bucket, right? And especially someone when they're young. Yeah, absolutely. And when that happens, you, I came to the realization that, well, heck, you know, it's all going to be over with before I know it anyway. I might as well do what I want to do, right? And uh, or do what I feel like I should be doing. And, you know, look, it was a struggle for a long, long, long time. And it continues to be. It's always a struggle. You know, it's not a there's no gimmies in this stuff, you know, and, and, and that's OK. That's all right, too. That's part of what it is. Absolutely. We hear time and time again. It's 90 percent auditioning, 10 percent actually working. So that's right. Exactly. You know, um, uh, Orson Welles has a great uh, thing about being on the set. Um, he went to work and um, they said, oh, we're sorry. You know, it's taking so long. And Orson Welles said. That's all right. I act for free. I get paid to wait around. <laughs> exactly I like that. Right. Hurry up and wait, right? Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Exactly yep. right. I was never in the service, but my friends that were in the military said that that pretty much sums it up. Yep, yep. Sounds good. And and you actually just jumped right in, right? Am I right? That I, I think I heard you say something about you didn't really kind of take classes. You've learned by doing, right? Yeah, I didn't really, um, you know, I... I I don't want to disparage acting classes. Please don't don't get me wrong about this. I'm not disparaging it. Everybody has their own way of working. It's one of the great things about working, by the way, is you work with people that have absolutely no uh, you know formal training whatsoever, and then you work with people that you know went to uh, the neighborhood playhouse or right. the actor studio or you know or Juilliard or whatever. Everybody has their own way of working. It's an interesting thing that. You know, you all come together and create a project that is, uh, that is that, 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 you know, no one can tell that you're all working in a different way, but you are all working in a different way, except you're all achieving the same thing. Right. Uh, you know, and I like, to, I like to say, I went to a, a, a symposium once uh, with uh, Geraldine Fitzgerald and Jason Robards, and Robards talked about Frederick March, and he said, you know, Frederick March and I work the same way. We both made sure our fly was up before we walked on stage. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what I do. I just kind of stand back there and make sure my fly's up. Uh, I, I and I just sort of take a couple of breaths and walk out there and you know trust that it's all going to come together and, and you know uh, 9.8 times out of 10 it does and you know and the other point two times that's why you have you know other people around you saying do this and do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I love what you just said because I really do feel like our industry is one of the only industries where a bunch of different people can come together and pull off something miraculous without all being trained the same way or going to the same class or be coming from the same background. It really right. is kind of special what we do. Right, with only, I mean, with all different kinds of disciplines. Absolutely. And, you know, and it turns out to be that it's whatever works for you. If it works for you, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, if you have to be a method actor and, you know, sit in the corner and, and you know, remember when your dog was run over, then, well, okay, that's what works for you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not about, it, it, that, that doesn't, I, I tried that for a little while and I found that it was really kind of, um, you know, one of the things, like, I hate to keep using baseball as an analogy, but, you know, when a guy gets drafted mm-hmm. to become a baseball player, 
he goes to the minor leagues and, you know, they take him as a thrower and they teach him to pitch more often than not, unless the guy's a junk ball pitcher. Right, right. You know, he's a thrower, they teach him to pitch, and then he becomes a different sort of pitcher. Um, and I found over the years that, uh, and this is just me, I found over the years that I didn't really meet a lot of people that were quote-unquote teachers that told me things that I hadn't already thought of myself. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's, I'm not saying I'm a genius or whatever. It's just I just had a natural aptitude for it, a natural knack for it. Um, I, I just like I remember taking a class out here with a guy that was Al Pacino's teacher, for instance. Okay. Oh, wow. And uh, Al Pacino, uh, um, he got up and was extolling the virtues of Pacino, um, volitionally reading Chekhov. Oh, okay. Like it was a it was such an anomaly. It was such something to be aspired to. It was something to be, and I've been doing that myself. I mean, I remember when I moved to New York and. You know, back before all you guys were born and we didn't have cable and I had, like, you know, a nine-inch television and, and, right. and I only got four channels, you know. And, and, and so one of the things I did was, up there in Spanish Harlem, uh, was hold myself up and uh, get my hands on as many plays as I could mm-hmm. and read as much as I possibly could get my hands on just to teach myself, I suppose. Um, and, and and try to figure out things on my own. And, and so, and yes, working, of course, working teaches you more than, than sure. anything else. Than all the classes you can take combined, working teaches you stuff. Absolutely. The importance of being on a set or being on a stage is, is invaluable. And I want to bring that up because you said zip, make up, make sure the fly is up before you go on the stage. Uh, we should say, you, you did start in theater, correct? And you are a theater guy as well, right? I'm doing a play right now. I'm doing uh, True West down in uh, on uh, Pico and uh, Hauser. Oh, fantastic. Sam Shepard, right? Wonderful production. One, yeah, and a great play. Um, and it's a wonderful production. Uh, the guys that are playing the leads are just, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. Andrew Hawks and Johnny Clark. Right. And uh, Carol Goldman is playing the mother. And it is just a tour de force for those fellas. And I got lucky. Uh, the, the guy that was playing the part originally couldn't continue, and they just called me out of the blue and said that I want to do it. And I was told many, many years ago by an older actor, he said, look, if they're going to pay you 10 cents to be an actor, take the dime, give a penny to your agent, give a penny to your manager, pocket the 8 cents, and get out of there. Right. And, you know, I just I said yes blindly, and I, I'm so glad that I did. I met, not only did I... Did I get myself involved in a really great production of a tremendous play, but I also they're also really quality people, which is great. Oh, absolutely. So uh, do you like the instant gratification of being on stage as opposed to having to wait for, for the reaction? Well, that's not the like, right? I mean, you, you are acting in front of a crowd every time you do a TV show or a movie. I mean, the, the crowd is there, but they have to be quiet. Right. Yeah. Um, remember a gentleman a couple of years ago, I was working at Fox, and he was a, a grip, and he was telling me that after 42 years, he was retiring, and he had raised his kids and sent them to college, and and, and had done all these you know things, and now he was going to retire. And I said, "Boy, that's quite an accomplishment, sir. I, you know, my hats off to you." And he said, "Yes, but if you consider it rightly, I've spent the majority of my adult life sitting in the dark, being quiet." Mm. Um, so you know that's true. Those guys work really, really hard. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and, but they have to be quiet. And certainly, there's something to be said for uh, the immediate audience reaction. And on top of it all, and this is nothing against you know, it's just a different, different discipline, of course. Nothing against television or movies, but 
on stage, your performance is pretty much your own. I mean, even if you start to do something that you weren't directed to do, the director's not going to run up on stage and say, ladies and gentlemen, hold on. <laughs> right. This is not what I told him to do. Right, right. <laughs> you know, um, so so that's really a great um, that's really a great little byproduct of being on stage is that you own the performance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, yeah, and you weren't sure about stage for a little while after the kids were born, right? I think I remember. Well, yeah, well, they're just because you know, as Peter O'Toole said, the theater is uh, subsidized by the actors, and it will be ever thus. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I mean, even if you're in New York and you get a job on a Broadway show, it's very difficult to maintain residence in New York while you're working on, on you know, in, a, in the theater. Even if it's a Broadway show, it doesn't pay. Absolutely. Uh, comparatively, remember, um, my, I had a buddy that was in uh, Fences, the original uh, production of Fences. And uh, we went out for drinks afterwards one night. Mr. Jones was there. James, James Earl Jones originated the part that Denzel Washington played in the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Jones said, well, I'm going to be stepping down at the end of the month. And I said, gee, Mr. Jones, you know why? And he said, the truth is, I make about 40 times more saying this. It's CNN. <laughs> wow. That I do doing the show. Wow. He said, and you know, and, and that's just the truth. Um, so when the kids were born, uh, certainly having little children and all that, it's uh, it's a must. It's always a must to make money. But when they were little, it was really a must. To oh, yeah, absolutely. Money. Because also one of the things that I wanted to have happen, and, and thankfully, you know, one of the things about show business that's great, uh, I was around my kids more than 85% of fathers in America that are employed. Right, uh, right. Um, you know, and so much so to the point that when I would get like a few jobs back to back, I would come home and at one point one of them would say, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so, um, so yeah, so I kind of eschewed doing uh, stage work because it just didn't pay, although I loved it. Um, and I was... Uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but anyway, I'll say it. Sure. Uh, I was I was adopted. I was in an orphanage almost the first year of my life. I was born in July and adopted the following June. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they told my parents when they adopted me was that I wasn't thriving due to lack of affection and lack of attention. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it, it it I mean, you know, Brando said an actor's a guy who, if you've been talking about him, ain't listening. So, I mean, I guess I showed, showed from that moment I was probably going to be an actor because I wasn't getting enough attention. But, there you go. Um, it was important to me as, a, as an adult that our kids would be with one of us for the, at least the first year of their lives right. so that they were really, you know, secure. And um, so I didn't do theater because I wanted to continue to work and I got lucky and got work, but also I was around. And, you know, now my kids are almost 23 and almost 20 and you know we have a very good relationship i have a good relationship with both my sons and and they know me and i know them and and you know guys i'll 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 tell you a brief one that 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 really um made me change how i think about a lot of things i ran a restaurant in new york back in the day um called cafe society okay and um 21st and broadway i did it for a couple years when i was younger and um that was my survival job. And um, there was a gentleman there who was worth uh, half a billion dollars. He, They were having the Citibank Christmas party, holiday party. And they said, that guy's worth half a billion dollars. And I said, wow. So I walked over to him and I stood there. I said, I'm going to go stand next to him. I want to see what it feels like to be next to someone who's worth half a billion dollars. <laughs> and the guy turned around and he had, been, he had, had drinks. He yep. was a bit buzzed. He was a bit buzzed. And he turned around and looked at me and I smiled at him. And... So I said, well, sir, 
I said, I understand you're worth half a billion dollars. Is that true? He said, no, it's actually more. And I said, wow. I said, well, what's it like to be worth that much money? And I'm telling you, my hand to God, this is what he said to me. He said, you want to know what it's like to have half a billion dollars? He said, my third daughter got married last weekend. All my kids are out of the house. I spend my entire life making money. I don't know any of them, and I'm not going to get to do it again. Oh, wow. That's all he said. He didn't say, I have a planes, and I have an apartment in Paris. Right. And I, have blah, 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 and I go to Tahiti every year. And No, none of it. What he said was, I don't know my children mm. because I spent my life making money. Now, look, we all want more money. We all want to make money. It's fine. But what it showed me was there were other things in life besides that and also that my time as a parent was going to come and go no matter what I did. And so I better take advantage of it while I could. And luckily, you know, my wife has just been unbelievably wonderful and supportive and, you know, and all and, and, and a great mother. And so, you know, we really got a chance to be with our children a lot when they were kids partially because of what I do. No, much respect to you. Seriously. I mean, sir, like, seriously, it's so good to hear. Uh, it's very similar. I was the same way when my daughter was born, and my wife was so supportive, and she, she, we made sure also that one of us was always home with her for that first year. Yep. It was extremely important. I, you know, you have to make the decision to be a parent when you need to be a parent, and I have so much right. respect for you for hearing that story and for sharing that story. I, I can't tell you. Um, well, thank just, you. I mean, I, you know, listen, it's, it's because it's because it's true. When you look back on it, what happens is when you look back, you don't get to do it again. You don't. Exactly. exactly. This, is, this is your moment. You do it or you don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, let's get into this, man, because we also had Eric Braden on the show, and he talked yeah. nothing but great things about Young and the Restless. What was it like working with such a TV legend like himself? It was an absolute honor, and I have to say about Braden, too. There's a couple of things. Um, Braden, of course, was always the bad Nazi when I was a kid. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So so when you get in there and you're with somebody that you've been watching your entire life, it's just like, wow, gee whiz, you know? So there's a couple things that happened. Um, the, the first one was uh, I worked with a woman that worked on a movie with him. Mm -hmm. And she said, hey, listen, his real name is Hans. And if you have any guts... <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was going to respond, she said, but just a little inside baseball. Sure, okay. sure. So one morning, the two of us were walking down the hallway, and he was in front of me, and he came out of his room, and I came out of mine. We were going to go work, and he said, good morning, and I said, good morning, Hansi. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and he, dude, he stopped dead. Uh-oh. turned around and went, my mother called me Hansi. <laughs>
have somebody acknowledge that was just uh, I, I it's one of those little moments that I'm going to take with me forever. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And uh, this uh, interviewing him was a moment I'll never forget. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible. Talk about an inspiring story, right? The guy is born in a hospital that's being bombed during the war. I mean, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Speaking of legends, though, and I, I, I'm I'm very fond of this woman myself. I had the great opportunity to speak with her as well. You got to work with Mary Tyler Moore. Oh my God, yeah, and and that was just nuts. It was uh, I mean, that was that was really a moment where I was uh, I was blown away. There's there's been a couple more. You know, I've never lost that. Um, I've never lost that feeling of, of being overwhelmed by running into people that I've watched or enjoyed or right. you know, whatever. I mean, I'm just, I'm always, wow. And uh, my mom with Mary Tyler Moore was really funny because I knew I'd make an idiot out of myself if I introduced myself to her because I'd been in love with her forever. And, uh, <laughs> and so who she, was it? She was on stage and she was getting interviewed with Betty White and I, I knew she was going to be there and I was nervous going into work and, and, and so I said, all right, I'm just going to do this and get it over with. And I went in and when the interview was over, I went in and said, oh, Mary, oh, I'm so in love with you. I've been in love with you my whole life. And, oh, you know, that you ran your own company and that's so wonderful. But, you know, my wife kind of looks like you a little bit. Actually, to the point where, um, if it, I, hopefully your your listeners will, will get this joke. Um, my, uh, my buddy, when we were living in New York, I... I Kim was, my wife was supposed to be with him. We were going to meet up, and, and she wasn't there. And I said, any idea where Kim is? And he said, she's in Midtown throwing her beret in there. <laughs> that's <laughs> fantastic. That is fantastic. So, that's how much she resembles Mary. And I, so I said that to Mary. And um, I said, you know, I just, I knew you were the legs on Hawaiian Spy. And oh, wow. Hawaiian yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a little bit on Hawaiian Eye where Robert Conrad comes running out of the water with yep. a surfboard over his shoulder. And uh, there's two legs that they shoot through uh, to see him coming out, and he stops and admires the woman on the beach. And it's Mary Tyler Moore's legs. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, and she was a hell of a dancer back in the day. She had great legs. I mean, let's be honest. She was. A, she was. You know what? That woman could do anything. Exactly. I mean, we look at her from the difference between the Dick Van Dyke show, the Mary Tyler Moore show, and ordinary people, even. And absolutely. Those differences, she was just really incredible. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and okay. So Valerie Bertinelli. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up well, one day at a time, Bonnie Franklin and, and and the gang. And Valerie Bertinelli was the it girl, man. What was that like? And, and you know. And the first thing I had to do was kiss her. Oh, yeah. oh, tough job, man. Tough job, man. Well, that's uh, Marcello Mastriani, who's one of my absolute heroes. He, uh, one of his quotes about acting is he said, yeah, they come pick you up in a limousine, they drive you to the set, they throw a beautiful girl in your arms, they tell you to kiss her, and they call that work. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so she, um, oh, she, I, I, you know, I had pictures of her because she and I are the same age. Mm-hmm. I had pictures of her up on my wall. Of course. So, to, you know, and all my, my friends were really funny. I got so many FU phone calls when that was over with. <laughs> but, you know, guys my age called me up going, I don't believe it. you got to be kidding me. That's but so she funny. Was absolutely wonderful and 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 bright and fun and funny and warm and you know just just terrific and you know I got to smooch her a whole bunch which was absolutely a pleasure you know and, and she's really a great woman she's really a wonderful lady but you know considering that when I was fifteen and she was fifteen I was so wildly in love with her here we are all these years later and I was with her like in a romantic environment it was just like wow I bet wow. Dreams do come true, right? <laughs> yeah, they do. 
Yeah, I'm jealous. I, I I was right there with you with the posters on the wall, man. Congrats for that. Yep. And yeah, uh, let's, okay, so speaking of remarkable young women, and I'm hoping that everything that we hear is true. And you clearly have an inside track on this. Is Kristen Bell as awesome as everybody says she is? Is she as nice as she is? We know she's phenomenally talented. Speaking of another Mary Tyler Moore type who can just about do everything, what's it like with her? And is she like she like everybody says? No, she's better. Well, oh, well there you go. You 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 can't put that woman into uh, you can't put her successfully into any sentence because. No matter what I say, it's going to fall short of who she is. Wow. She is not only talented, not only brilliant, not only wonderful and and funny and fun and enthusiastic and warm and bright. And, and, and by the way, in real life, truly one of the most beautiful women I've ever been in front of. I, I, that really, there's... There's her personality makes her even more beautiful than she is, but she's really a beautiful human being. She's a beautiful woman. That that's uh, great to hear because you, you you see that and everybody says that and you know sometimes out there you get these impressions and you get this and it's not real, but it's right. amazing to hear that that she is what she what everybody you says really, she is. You really there's there's not enough superlatives to describe that woman. She is not only and and smart you know and and really really bright but also a real jokester and the thing about her is that i love is she's so genuine she's so um she's so uh open and, and warm and i'll give you i'll give you an example um i have a good buddy out here uh who works uh he works uh, in sacramento and he's got a daughter who is just, she's a marshmallow. She's totally, you know, into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. About it and blah, 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 you know. And so she was asking, oh, please, can I come? Oh, I just, just once. I want to go. And please, please. And, and I said, yeah, yeah, that's the problem, of course, you know. So we set up the date and I brought her in. And it just happened on the day that I brought her that um, Kristen was there. And uh, so was Jason Doring. And um, we went over to the set. And, you know, the thing about her is, and this, I, it's just a, this is a little thing. Sure. Okay? But, a, but, you know, we're, we're defined really by a lot of the little things we do, not by the big stuff. Absolutely. Looking. So we showed up and, you know, oh, this is so-and-so and oh, hi. And oh, we'll sit down. And sat down, and you know, you could tell that the young lady, her her head was exploding. <laughs> and Kristen Bell made it about, um, well, so where do you go to school? What are you studying? Oh wow! Um, what year are you in? Oh, isn't that great? Oh, blah blah blah. I mean, it was just the whole thing was about the young lady and what she was doing and how long she watched the show and etc. But it wasn't really about the show. Yeah. Um, it was about. Um, the girl, but here's the part that was the thing that really got me. Kristen went off and did a, uh, a, uh, really intense sequence with Jason. Right. And, um, when it was over with, she came back and sat down and said, so where were we? Where, so where were we? What, what, what were you telling me about? You know, blah, blah, blah. That's fantastic. So it genuinely... That was, you know, and you can't... And then on the way out the door, of course, Jason was there, and he's... <laughs> forget him, man. He is... I mean, if, 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 if he gets any nicer, he's not going to be able to stay in show business. Like that. <laughs> incredible. that kid is just incredible. And, you know, and he... Oh, yeah, let's take pictures, and how are you, and blah, 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 and came out, and, you know, lovely. 
So it really was, uh, it wasn't just a good gig. It wasn't just a treat. It was actually an honor to be around her. Oh, I, I can and, and you guys have been around, I mean, 15 years. You were in the original and then brought back for the Hulu. How did that go down? Did you did you audition? Did you know Rob Thomas? How did how did that all come together? I, I, I met uh, Rob Thomas in the bathroom. Um, this is a very funny uh, kind of little thing. Uh, so many years ago, my good friend Paula Marshall, who's a wonderful actor, mm-hmm. um, she had always insisted with casting people when she did a show that I played either her boyfriend, her husband, her lover, or her brother. And <laughs> That's a wide range. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, I'm versatile, right? Absolutely, right. absolutely. So she had was going to do a pilot with um, Dan Cortez, mm-hmm. uh, another, another great guy, and she said to Rob, hey, you know, I want you to meet Starzik, and... Uh, I went to the audition, and it just happened that Rob was in the bathroom when I went in there to go to the bathroom. Oh. So he was standing there, and so was I, and I said, oh, your stars are gone. I said, yeah, because he knew from my picture. And I just began to tell him I uh, stole the virtues of Paula and Dan Cortez because I'd worked with Danny a bunch on Veronica's Closet. Right. And, um, and so I'd worked with Dan, and I'd worked with Paula a lot. I said, boy, you're really lucky to have those people. They're such nice people. And I went in, and I read uh, he hired me, and from that moment on, I think Party Down might be the only thing he's done that I haven't been in. Oh, wow. Uh, really? Wow. He's been loyal, you know, loyal, loyal, loyal. And just to go back to the idea of, you know, the family, um, when my younger son went to Fordham last year, when he went off to college, that same weekend, my older boy moved to Austin mm. uh, to play the guitar and uh, to be a, you know, a musician, and uh, they left within three days of each other. And oh, was wow. ill-prepared for what was going to happen. Absolutely. Right? Empty house, right? She, yeah. Well, my wife didn't come back. She stayed in New York because her mom lives there. And she, we have a lot of friends there. And she wanted to make sure he was settled into college okay and all that stuff. Right. And he, uh, and, and I was apoplectic, man. I was sitting in the backyard, you know, with the dogs. And, uh, you know, the dogs either around my feet or laying by the front door. And, uh, and the cat kept coming and going, did someone leave? Where's the food? <laughs> and, um, but I couldn't, I was like, seriously, I was apoplectic. I could not function. I bet. And I didn't know, but I wasn't quite prepared for it to be that severe. I thought, oh, it's going to be, yay, you know, strike up the blender, man. Right, you know, right. It did not turn out to be the case. And um, it was in the middle of that week that they called and said, you know, uh, they want you to come and be on be in Veronica Mars and blah, blah. And I, I mean, it was, you know, it was a gift on so many levels. Mm-hmm. I got to work with, you know, high, high quality, some of the best people in show business, great writers. Um, let me go back to sports for a moment. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote a bunch of great dialogue for me, which is really funny because... I've been saying this right along, but he knew how much I booed him when he played for the Lakers. Because <laughs> I, you know, going to going to the Boston Garden, how much I booed him and all the sure. things I called him. I think he probably wouldn't have written such good dialogue for me. That is hilarious. Uh, yep. But anyway, that did kind of it, it, it bailed me out in more ways than one. It was a, it was a great gig to get, but it was also wonderful to be. And you know, Rob did his best to hire back as many people as he possibly could on the crew, even so that. It was like old home week when I went back. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. I love that type of loyalty too, because if, if something's working, don't don't fix it, right? And if you can bring also, back the people, think, bring also, it back. Also, I think, but also I think if you're, you know, yes, that's absolutely right. But I think also if you're a writer and you've run across people that are, you know, able to say your dialogue, or 
you have this clear image in your head of them, you can write them dialogue that needs to be written. In Absolutely. You know they're going to deliver it and really can go along with the cadences that they provide, which is, I think, very important. You know, I did that with, um, well, there's a lot of guys, but uh, David, somehow I ended up in David Kelly's head for a while there, and, and that was really wonderful. He's from Boston and so we're sure. Massachusetts guys. And, but also Kelly was just, you know, he wrote a bunch for me, which was lovely. You know, to have that sort of ability. But Rob Thomas is, you know, and everything comes from the top down, by the way. I'm sure you guys know this. Absolutely. comes from the top down, you know. And between Rob running the show and Kristen leading the show, you can't, you can't have asked for anything better. Oh, no, I can't do. imagine. Can't imagine. And, I mean, first of all, the, the career has just been outstanding. I mean, going through your list of credits, and there's well over 100 of them. I mean, you've been on some major shows. I mean, Seriously. absolutely major shows. The career has been phenomenal between the stage and film and television. Um, and did I hear this right? Did, uh, are you trying to go to Memphis? Did, did you, are you trying to get on the new Jimmy Smith show? Did I hear that right? Uh, no, no, no. I, 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 uh, I auditioned for the show. I didn't get it. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, yeah, I, know I, went in, uh, I went in with a car. Actually, these are nice now, though, because I went in with an old buddy of mine, and that was really fun. And, and uh, you know, it's nice, nice to run into people that I haven't seen for a bit. So sure, sure. And yeah, well, I mean, come on, you can't get everything, right? I want to. <laughs> I, I, really, I, don't, I really don't know why I can't. I don't, I don't, I don't know why that's a hard and fast rule, but it seems to be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love your it's attitude. Part the, uh, it's, it's, it's part of the business I've never fully embraced, but yeah. uh, you know, there it is. That's all right. There it is. I, see, and that that's it right there. I think that's why you've had the success that you've had and the longevity that you had because of that attitude right there. That is what well, it is. Remember, it's part of the business. I spoke at the beginning of the thing about my, my friend who died. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of the things that he said to me, he said two things on his deathbed that stayed with me forever. The first one was I said, gee, I'm so sorry this is happening. And he said, yes, but if you consider it, at least I'm screwing over student loan. That was one. <laughs> and the, uh, the second one that he said was he said, just remember, the operative word for the rest of your life is going to be next. Mm, wow. It's deep. That is, that is, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, uh, what we like to do is kind of, kind of wrap up things with, and and I feel like we're going to get some good stuff here. We like, we like to ask our guests to impart some wisdom on our listeners. Cause like I said, we do have a lot of followers and listeners that are trying to get into the industry. And so like we, we like to impart some advice. What advice would you give to people trying to get into the industry? And maybe what pitfalls would you suggest they try to avoid? Wow. Uh, all right. Uh, I suppose the best advice that I have for anybody who's trying to do it, particularly if they're young, um, I got really lucky early on in Springfield, Massachusetts. I had a director who directed me in college who had gone to New York, had something untoward happen, and freaked out, had a nervous breakdown, went back to Springfield, and he just appeared in community theater and directed plays at the college for the rest of his life and when i was 21 years old sitting in his living room he said listen you don't want to be me you don't want to be 50 years old looking out the window and wondering i wonder what would have happened if i had just stuck it out Mm, there you go said if you know if you go and it doesn't work you can always come back this isn't going anywhere but you know you you need to be aware of the fact that it's not necessarily even about regret it's just you don't want to wonder what would have happened if you'd just given it a shot right so give it your best shot the other thing is you know look in a hundred years no one's going to care no one's going to look go by my gravestone and look at it and go oh what do you know that guy was unlost 
Right. <laughs> no one's no one's going to do that. But also, there you know, it's not going to matter in the long run, one way or another, unless you do something earth shattering, obviously. And even people that do things that are earth shattering. I mean, come on. I, I reference older actors all the time with younger actors. They don't know who I'm talking about. John John Garfield is a perfect example. Right. Nobody knows who the hell I'm talking about. So my advice to younger actors too is this: Remember. The doctor, when they go to medical school, they don't just learn how to take shards of glass out of a guy's eye. They have to learn why they decided they were going to do it in the first place. Mm. Why they looked at it and how they did it when they first started. They looked at it and went, oh, well, what can we do to cut this and get that piece of glass out of that guy's eye? So, you've got to know your history. You've got to watch how other people did it, even if you consider it to be mannered acting, even if you consider it to be whatever it is. For instance, if you want to do commercials, anybody out there listening, you want to do commercials, watch silent movies. Because seven, seven times out of ten commercials are all about reactions. Yep, yep. Silent movies may have big reactions, overly big reactions, but some of them don't. And you can learn how to nuance yourself, but in regard to you watch something that's silent, you have to be able to figure out what the story is about without even reading the cards. Mm-hmm. So... You know, that's extremely important. Um, the other pit, the pitfall, you're going to get your ass kicked. And don't, you can't, you got to get up. You, you just got to get up. It's, it's, it's like getting into a bar fight and having a guy come out after you've been, you know, beaten up and you're lying on the ground bleeding and then he takes the garbage can and dumps it all over you and throws the garbage can on top of you. Right. You got you to gotta get up. You got to get up, brush the garbage off yourself, get in the bathroom, wash your face off, get rid of the blood, and go out for the next fight. No one's, no one's, you know, no one's going to hand it to you, but it's, and you know, um, um, John Shea, the actor many years ago, who's from my hometown, he, uh, I saw him speak at, uh, at the Symphony Hall once when I was considering doing this, and one of the things that he said was, um, he said, look, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Absolutely. You know, I mean, how many people, I can't even name the people that I started with that are gone. And and the other thing about gone, by the way, uh, which is really uh, interesting, is the older you get, when I started, I was sitting down with a buddy of mine, and he said, you know, right now there's you and me and a thousand people, and about 50% of us can do it, and then another 10 years it's going to be you and me and 500 people, and about 75% of us can do it, and then another 20 years after that it's going to be you and me and five people, and we can all do it. Yeah, wow, that's great. You know, and, and, and I mean, really, at this point in my career, uh, my friend Larry Poindexter at an audition not too long ago said, why don't they just put our pictures up, blindfold themselves, and throw a dart? We're going to get a good performance out of any of us. Th- right? That's fantastic. That is fantastic. You know, so you just, you gotta, you got to get back up. You can't let it, it's not personal. It's not a, you know, it's frustrating. It's angering. It's, it's, it'll, it'll make you st- I used to, when I first came out here, man, uh, I uh, I needed a therapist because when I would not get a job, I would get up in the middle of the night and pace around the house and go, what did I do wrong? I, be- I what bet. What could I have done differently? What the hell's the matter with them? I bet. You know, you're not the first guest that we've had on the show that uh, in the acting profession that has said they had a therapist and, and still have therapists. I mean, it's got to be one of those industries where, yeah, it, it can play mind games with you for sure. Well, well. My best friend said this not too long ago. He said, you have an interesting job. He said, because you have to have your emotions at your fingertips, at the ready, all the time, but you are not allowed to be emotional about the outcome. 
Oh, that's brilliant. That's absolutely no, brilliant. That. that really sums it up, though, doesn't it, it? It really does, and I think that's the perfect way to end. Listen, that's got to be some of the most real advice we've had, and I think it's outstanding. I don't think it could be said any better. And uh, wait, let, wait, 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 wait. Before we go, can I just tell you one more, one more little one? Of course. Please? Sure. One more little one. It's, it's, it's a twofer, and this is what I tell all young actors, okay? Oh, we're getting a twofer. All right, okay. I moved here. We had one car, so I was walking uh, into Rock and Roll Ralph's on Sunset. We lived around the corner from there. There's a gentleman coming out. He had been in everything I'd ever seen. I dreamed of Jeannie and Gilligan's Island and Guys and Dolls with Brando and Sinatra and everything. Wow, wow. And this is what he told me. He put his bags down and took the cigarette out of his mouth, very nonplussed at being stopped. And he said two things. He said, just remember, kid, you keep 90% of the money for a reason. Well, that's... You can't ask for anything better than that. That was like, of course. Uh, yeah. I have to be proactive. You know, my agent does, you know, 10% uh, does the work, but they get 10% of what I make. Right. 90% of it. Right. And that's the first one. The second thing that he said to me was, and this was such practical advice, he said, now listen, your job for the rest of your life is to get it right. He said, don't you dare show up and not know what you're supposed to do. Those crew people, they've been there before you got there, and they're going to be there after you go home. They have families, they have animals, they want to go to bed. Don't you show up and not be prepared. You do your part. You remember, the gaffer does his part, the DP does his part, your fellow actor does their part, the makeup person does their part, all the parts together make a whole. But if you don't do your part, you're going to screw everybody up. So don't you dare show up unprepared. Put a cigarette back in his mouth, picked up his bags, and walked away. <laughs> oh, damn. That's outstanding, though. I'm glad I'm glad you shared the twofer, because those are two outstanding pieces of advice. Um, and practical, absolutely, man. This has been an absolute pleasure, man. You are you are just a joy to talk to. I, I well, think the listeners you, are going to love really, it. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. Oh no, thank you. So l- listen, where can everybody follow you? Where can they find you? Because you know it's all I'm about at, social uh, media. I'm at D Starzik, D S T A R Z as in Zelda Y K. Uh, that's on Instagram and on uh, Twitter and. If you friend me on Facebook, I will friend you back. Fantastic, man. Listen, stay in touch. We'd love to have open invite. Anytime you got something to promote, anytime you want to come on, just shoot the shit. More than welcome, man. Well, thanks, man. And do me a favor. Send me a link to it when it's up, and, uh, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely, bud. All right, fellas. Well, listen, I really appreciate you spending a little time with me. Thank you so much. It was an absolute uh, pleasure to talk to you, and hope you have a good day. You Thank too, you, man. man. Take care. All right, boys. See ya. See ya. Man, that guy has some stories. Wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I... I what I really love though the most about it is that he's so appreciative yeah. of of the longevity and everything he's been able exactly. to do and the people that he's. Uh, what did he say? He's he's still gets overwhelmed that he hasn't lost that sense of overwhelming feeling when exactly. he meets somebody that he's been a fan of or yeah, what. I, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Because when seriously. you get to a certain age, you've been doing it thirty years. If you can still fanboy out over somebody that you're, that's awesome. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I feel like so many people are going to take so much from this interview. Absolutely. Honestly, especially up and comers. Yeah. Oh yeah. It'll yeah. be crazy. It'll be crazy. Thank you again, David, for coming on the show. All right. Now it is time for our top five segment. Oh man. Now. Make sure to get your pen and pencil out and make sure to get a notepad out and write these ones down because these are some films that everybody needs to see. The top five this week is top five favorite films you wish more people had seen yes yeah Yeah. man this you know trying to do this each week we try to come up with these categories and they're so difficult to confine to five i know like i have seen and i know j-lo has seen because we're you know to be a great filmmaker you have to watch films. Exactly. You have to watch a lot of films. Exactly. You know, and you find some of the most rare 
gems that are just amazing yeah. films that unfortunately for whatever reason don't get theatrically released or you they don't get a broad audience on a streamer or a network somewhere and people end up not seeing them exactly and they're so brilliant exactly so that's what it is this week a list of the films that jlo and i thought were brilliant that you should probably try to find and see hell yeah man hell yeah Oof. now let's get this thing started uh number five for me is boondock saints with norman reedus william defoe and sean patrick flannery this mm. was not theatrically released and the sequel was not as well but it was a huge cult classic you know about the two irish hitmen yeah it's oh it was so good man so good uh the next one for me is slacker just an independent film that can basically be about nothing but yet so damn good like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's the film version of seinfeld exactly <laughs> like you're right though it's a brilliant film hell yeah hell yeah the next one i got garden state mm. old boy from scrubs yeah zachary Brad. yeah just this one was so freaking creative especially it has to deal with a little bit of mental illness or being medic over medicated it on does. things that you might not need so it's definitely something that everyone should watch every single person next one i got charlie bartlett mm. uh, yeah mm. I, I love this one this is one of my favorite films of all time honestly um it's got old boy from uh, the star trek series the movies yeah and it's got robert downey jr oh yeah and just so many more it's like this one is awesome and number one i have this is where i leave you where not yeah <laughs> not a lot of people know about this film and i don't know if it got theatrically released but jane fonda adam driver jason bateman and tina fey yes <laughs> tina fey yeah oh okay yeah such a phenomenal cast man everybody should go watch that one and it's got uh cory stole from um ant-man yeah 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 it's like you're right, though. That is a good – and again, another one of those raw emotion mm -hmm. family, you know, centered dramas. Exactly. Like I, I just – why are those the ones who that don't get seen? I know, it like, sucks. you know, I mean you would think – maybe that's a problem. The yeah. fucked up dysfunctional family shit we got going on in America right now. Maybe you should watch more of these family-driven dramas exactly. and it would be all right. Agreed. Speaking of, uh, my list has got a bunch of those. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, number five for me, our very own. Yeah. It's your classic coming-of-age teenage angst movie, but it's a really interesting storyline about this group of teenagers who are dealing with uh, a death, um, unemployment, you know, losing of uh, a family member, uh, all kinds of like really heavy shit. Mm -hmm. But it, it's centered around uh, Sandra Locke. If you guys uh, don't remember who Sandra Locke is, she was a big actress in the 70s, longtime girlfriend of Clint Eastwood, um, was in a ton of Clint Eastwood movies or whatever. But this movie focuses around her coming back to her hometown mm -hmm. for the release of a movie of hers. Yep. And all these kids are super excited about, oh my gosh, it's our very own star coming back to the town. And so this whole thing revolves around that. But it's a really gritty – Allison Janney's in yeah. it, just like a Jason Ritter, Autumn Reeser, just a bunch of people in it, brilliant. Hillary uh, Burton, um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's wife, Damn. just a bunch of people in this movie that yeah. were brilliant. I highly recommend watching it. It's a great film. This next one though, really, really, really – if you're a fan of Jason Ritter and you haven't seen this film, shame on you. <laughs> About Alex. Yeah. This film is Aubrey Plaza's in it, um, Schmidt from uh, New Girl, uh, just a bunch of phenomenal people in this film. But it basically centers around Jason Ritter's character, Alex, 
who attempted to take his own life mm -hmm. and now they're all meeting back at his like cabin to try to make sure that he's okay and they're there for this like this annual event that they always do or whatever but everybody's kind of shaky about talking about what he did and all this kind of and the, the one thing that sticks out there's this powerful scene where one of the characters goes into the bathroom and it's still all bloody from where he tried to take his life. He hadn't cleaned it up. And so they're all like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. And they're worried about him trying to do it again or something the whole time they're there. Yeah. Just really, really powerful. Maybe one of the best performances, if not the best performance, Jason Ritter has had. I mean, yeah. it's a brilliant performance. Um, Life Itself. Yeah. If you're a fan of This Is Us and you haven't seen Life Itself, again, shame on you. <laughs> it's Dan Fogelman's uh, feature film. He wrote it, directed it outstanding cast olivia wilde oscar uh from um the star wars movies yeah. and so uh, just brilliant brilliant cast again family drama mm -hmm. annette benning all kinds of people in this film yeah driven around heartache heartbreak like this is us yeah if you cry this is us you're gonna weep your fucking eyes out yeah. at life itself but you should see it our buddy riley smith uh riley b smith uh scorpion uh he saw it he's a huge fan he agreed it, it, it's one of those things you gotta see do it. Yes. This next one for me. This one, I can't believe people <laughs> haven't seen it, bro. Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Yeah. This film is fucking phenomenal. Clearly, it's about a dying girl. Yeah, clearly. It's about two best friends, you know, Earl and his best friend, who <laughs> become entangled in this dying girl's life, yeah. basically, and and become close to her and, and watch the whole thing play out to where she eventually – I don't want to give it away – but it does say dying girl. Dying she, girl. She passes away. And what it does to go on. They're young aspiring filmmakers. Okay. Um, so – and they, they do these little videos that she helps them with. And the one guy makes this video basically of her journey of dying. Mm. So um, John Bernthal's in it. Wow. He plays their teacher who gives them weed and like <laughs> some souped up soup for lunch. It's a, just – it's a brilliant performance <laughs> by Bernthal in just a very small role but brilliant. One of the things I really like about this though, if you're a filmmaker, you're going to really want to see this film. Some of the shots are some of the most creative camera moves I've ever seen in my life. Mm. There's this one where it's trailing and it starts off upside down and it's going along a sidewalk. It ends up going up a set of stairs where the camera turns, comes up and dollies up on the – it's just fucking brilliant. Oh, so from a filmmaker standpoint, yeah. you should watch it. This next one I know you know because we watched it. Kodachrome. Yes. Kodachrome. So good. Oh my gosh. It's about basically this world-famous photographer who's dying. Oh, yeah, have you noticed the trend in all my movies? They're all right, dying. Like, but um, he's on a mission to go and develop his last role of like Kodachrome film, yeah. Kodak film. Because as you guys know, it's kind of obsolete now and everything. And so this whole mission is to basically go across country with his son and his nurse to get to this place and develop this role of film before he dies. He passes yeah. away. Brilliant 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 film mm -hmm. uh elizabeth olsen just the cast is phenomenal um watch it kodachrome trust me you will not be disappointed seriously seriously well now let's head over to the box office recap we all wondered how joker was gonna mm. do last week man it it definitely filled some seats it, not gonna lie. <laughs> it did something yeah seriously seriously it came in at number one with 96.2 million i predicted 80 to 85 million yeah so, it well damn. we should say it well overperformed yeah it, uh, it overperformed all the studio estimates yeah. all the critic estimates uh it'd be damn close to 100 million yeah it did break every october record yeah. and by the way just as we're recording the show is breaking daily records still exactly so it's set in all kinds of october records so yeah there you it's go awesome man it's awesome uh next we got abominable coming in at number two 
with 11.9 million. I predicted 10 to 15. Number three was Downtown Abbey with 8 million. I predicted 5 to 10. Number four was Hustlers with 6.4. How is this still there? <laughs> I know. I don't know why. I do not know why. Hopefully it gets knocked off this week with Gemini Man. And I mean, plus Gemini Man and um, there's another one coming out. Adam's Family. Yes. So it yeah. should. It should get knocked off. I hope so. But like, ugh, we shall see. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I had a comment, but I'm not going to say it. No, I have no. a reason why I think Hustlers is doing well, and I'm not going to say it. Oh, goodness. But... Number five was it chapter two with 5.3. I predicted four to seven. I'm going to give you number two, though, as far as your money total. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you you had 10 to 15. It did 11.9. Yeah. I think you would have been closer to the 15. I just think that Joker overperformed oh, yeah. and sucked in a lot of that money that could have Definitely. probably had Abominable up there closer to what, you agreed. know, the 15 range. So Agreed. Agreed. And you got some new stuff coming out this week. Will Smith's Gemini Man, which... Which will test the factor if he's still a successful leading man. Yeah. Because yeah. like we were talking about <laughs> off the podcast, uh, he hasn't really had good hits for him being the leading man. I mean, Aladdin. But, I mean, come on. That's Aladdin. Right. So that, that, was makes a, sense. that was an ensemble. Yeah. Not, not a Will Smith-led. No. So, yeah. I mean, Bad Boys 2 or Bad Boys for Life, the third one, does not look all that appealing mm, at no. least off the first trailer no. so let's see if we still has it man <laughs> the question is is two wills better than one right can exactly. two wills at least get him back to the top of the box right. office or is even two wills not enough to save him as exactly. the box office king right we'll find out so hilarious we'll oh, find out man that de-aging technology he looks Ooh. exactly like fresh prince will smith he does but, yeah he does i'm just waiting for carlton to pop up and do right, the dance somewhere in there it. but you know all kidding aside though that technology even uh, De Niro made a comment with the Irishman. He thanked the visual effect guy, said, this is already replacing makeup, and you probably extended my career by 30 years. Right. I mean, it's that good, guys. It's crazy. It's crazy. Hell yeah. Marvel. Right. Can I just say, Give everybody's been knocking the shit out of Marvel, right? We're seeing everybody and their grandma releasing interviews and articles about knocking Marvel. Yeah. But the fucking de-aging technology is thanks to Marvel. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Just saying. Haters gonna hate, but goddamn, they're like breaking the all kinds of stuff and innovating people see that would be a good hands down episode it would be (laughs) they're innovating exactly i mean and to his credit robert downey i'm just jumping in this box office stuff but to his credit robert downey jr marvel and disney tried to get adam to go after an oscar for his performance as tony stark yeah he said no guys There you go. So crazy. There you go. Respect Marvel. That's all I'm saying. Right, right. Other movies, <laughs> new movies coming out this weekend. <laughs> the Adams Family, which Snoop Dogg is cousin it. Yes. So that shit's hilarious. It's so hilarious. Dude. I love that. Hell I yeah. love that. I love how they get so many huge famous people for animated movies. Yeah, this is like the 17,412th version of Basically. Adam's Family, right? Yes. In the last 10 years. Yeah. Like, I mean, they just keep putting this movie out every way they can. That's so This one's going to be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Snoop Dogg is cousin it. Come on. I know, right? I know. And then plus, you can still go see The Joker, Abominable, Downtown Abbey, Rambo, Last Blood, Ad Astra, It Chapter 2, Hobbs and Shaw, Lion King, and the stripper one <laughs> uh, number one i think will still be the joker this week there was a lot of backlash from how 
psychotic and crazy it was, but cinematically brilliant and comic book brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, I said it. I kind of made a post about it or whatever, but uh, as a comic book fan and after the kind of revamp of Joker's origin into the maniacal, insane, loner, psychotic killer kind of guy – it's spot on. Yeah. This is who killing joke Joker is, yeah. guys. That this is, and it's not pretty. Yeah. It's disturbing. It's, not, it it's disturbing. It to will watch. make you uncomfortable. But the comic book was that way. Exactly. I mean, the, the, the Joker in the comic books now, you know, especially the story that just pops into my mind, most relevant to like this version of him in the movie, is Killing Joke. But guys, I mean, come on, he he rapes and cripples backer yeah like violently yeah that's where he is well, now you know so what it is i felt like um jack nicholson's it was more of a lighter touch on the joker yeah and then heath ledger they probably thought heath ledger was going to be the darkest joker right but they had no, no idea clue. what no. was coming and it's so funny you bring up jack nicholson saying like the more lighthearted, maybe a little bit apparently not Behind the scenes. Oh, really? Did you catch that story? No. Apparently, he lost his shit during filming one day because he realized, I guess, that it was going to be way bigger than he thought. And he wasn't happy with his salary. Oh, shit. He called the director, Tim Burton, a child yeah. and didn't know what he was doing. Wow. Demanded more money. Said he's not going to finish the film and basically threatened to walk. Lost his shit. It was so funny. The article said nobody forgets the day the Joker went crazy. Oh, like, shit. you know, or whatever. But uh, inevitably got what he wanted. A yeah. new deal, more money merchandising rights and everything but i can only imagine jack yeah. going crazy yeah, now seriously. it turns from joker to one flew over the cuckoo's nest right. like you know or the shining oh, or yeah, something all mixed together yeah <laughs> it's like what the fuck so but there crazy. you go man you know and it leads to because i want i just is it a curse right everybody says the curse of superman yeah. almost everybody who's played him has had some sort of tragedy or something yeah. but joker ain't much yeah, better man exactly. it seems like people who play joker have issues yeah so <laughs> we'll see Hell joaquin yeah. how you doing buddy right exactly exactly well like i said number one with 35 to 40 million number two i think will be the adams family because it's the family centric movie of the weekend basically yeah, yeah. so i mean if you didn't like abominable you'll probably like the adams family just because it's more the story is more known and that's kind of what people like exactly <laughs> everybody knows the theme song man <laughs> all right like i think uh gemini man will be number three with 20 to 25 million um number four i think will be abominable with around 10 to 15 or five to ten and then downtown abbey at number five with four to seven I'm hoping that you're right only in the sense that I don't want Hustlers in the top five right. anymore. Like, I don't want Hustlers in the top ten I anymore. Know. But if we can get out of the top five, that'd be, yeah, that'd be, yeah, good. That'd be yeah. good. It will definitely be interesting, like people said, if that qualified for an Oscar. Mm. And, you know, like that would be one. I mean, we were against Roma, but that one. Eh. I just don't see it. Yeah. I, I just I mean, nothing against Jennifer Lopez. I love Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. You know, that one with her and Milo that we watched, yeah. you know, where she got the new job faking yeah. it, basically. A great movie. Yeah. Fun. Exactly. Classic Jennifer Lopez. I don't see this one. Yeah. I just don't get it. Why, is she going to get an Oscar for being in a G-string? Right. I just don't get right. it. Exactly. I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> uh, now it is time for IMDb Pro's top <laughs> trending segment. No segue for that one. No, J-Lo in a G-string ain't even <laughs> no, top trending. No, it's not. Just, just saying. Not. Oh, my God. Uh, make sure to <laughs> get this app for upcoming creators. You guys need it if you're trying to break into the industry. You've heard it before. Oh goodness! What are you? I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm picturing right now, 
my own unscripted reality TV series, JLo in a G string. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the top trending movie this week is, by no surprise, Joker. Oh, it was being yeah. talked about so much last week. You predicted that. Yeah. Exactly. You predicted that. I try. I try. Uh, number are the t- TV show. The top <laughs> trending TV show is The Politician on Netflix with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. doing pretty well. So it is making the way through the social media platforms. It's been blowing up my uh, stream. So it is what it is. Rocking and rolling. And by no surprise, this one either. Uh, the top trending star this week is Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. 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 Super crazy. Just when him and Robert De Niro's interaction together, I felt like like that's the way they really felt towards each other yeah not all happy go lucky in the beginning but towards yeah. the end right there yeah i yeah. think so too yeah i think so too I, and you know a lot came out this week too reminding everybody that scorsese was attached to that film and brought de niro in exactly. and was set to direct yeah and then just Ooh. quietly went away yeah we, and they still don't really say why yeah but there it is yeah just remember that little piece of trivia right if you're Wondered why De Niro was even in that movie. Exactly. Scorsese was supposed to direct. Exactly. So fucking wild. I it mean, is. Like, imagine that as a Scorsese film and not a Phillips film. Like, right? I would Completely guess just, different. but as violent. You think so? Yeah, come on, man. You're giving him the clown prince of crime. He's basically a made-up gangster. Like, I mean, Scorsese with a clown face gangster? That would be interesting, That would be awesome. (laughs) Maybe he revisits it. Maybe come come back and do a Joker movie. That'd be awesome. Hell yeah. Ooh, but he can't now because he's dogged the fuck out of comic book movies. So, So you know. It's just not. It's probably not a thing. (laughs) Uh, let's transition into the music side of things. Yeah, smooth. Right. Smooth. Like, uh, <laughs> the top vintage album sales on the Billboard charts is Sound and Fury. Sturgill Simpson. Congratulations, bro. Rocking and rolling. Uh, this one I love. Top album sales goes to Abbey Road, The Beatles. Yes, broke their own record yeah. for the longest time between being number one. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band had the record. Yeah. They break it with this one. Yeah. So, you know. It's so And then, did funny. you see the comment? <laughs> Paul McCartney was hilarious when he was told that it was back at number one. He said, Is it? Oh, that's good. I, I'm not surprised. It's a it's a good little album. <laughs> I was like, you're the fucking Beatles, bro. You're Paul McCartney. That's a good little album. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. So freaking funny. Abbey Road, a good little right. album. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Top streaming song is still Ransom by Lil Tecca. That one's been up there for quite a it while. It has been. Um, Artist of the Week is still Post Malone. I believe this is the third or fourth straight week. Mm-hmm. Um for the Billboard Top 200 albums is Kirk by Da Baby. Da Baby. Um, bye bye. Look at Da Baby. And then um, <laughs> for top song sales, top radio song, and the Hot 100 is still Lizzo's Truth Hurt. Lizzo is everywhere, she yeah. Is. I mean, she is killing it yeah, right now. Exactly. Continuing to record set because, like we said, this is the longest that a female artist has been on the Hot 100. Yeah. So, yeah. congratulations to her, man. And we want to say thank you again for coming to get a little crazy f- with us on Inside the Crazy Ant Farm episode 87 this week. I, I still I cannot know. believe episode 87. Super crazy, man. Super crazy. And plus, we got to thank our guest this week, Dave Starzik, for coming on the show yes. and telling us his story and leaving that advice for the up-and-comers trying to break into the entertainment industry. You can follow him at dstarzik on Instagram 
and on Twitter. They are. And the if same. you friend him on Facebook, he'll friend you back. He'll friend you back. <laughs> That's what he says. So, oh, you yeah. know, give it a try. Exactly. Exactly. Make sure to follow us on social media at Crazy Ant Media on all social media platforms. We are starting up a tr- uh, Pinterest. Did you just say salsa media? Salsa media. <laughs> salsa media. That's when you go under Twitter with the nachos. Right. It's great. It's, it's great. great. It's great. Uh, <laughs> make sure to follow us personally on social media. This is what media. happens after 87 weeks. Exactly. It's like, you know, it's we good. Turn into a little joker. That's right. Uh, it's so fucking funny. Uh, follow us personally at JLo Fantastic and. <laughs> you see, I'm eating nachos. I'm sorry. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> Ant Guy 1970. No nachos. No nachos. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, and so much more. And be sure to visit our website, <laughs> crazyantmedia.com, where you can read our professional bios. Look at the inside the Crazy Ant farm page fantastic reviews and click on that merchandise website to start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media <laughs> apparel and you know <laughs> maybe we'll have a nacho shirt yeah. i don't know you know maybe we'll have bonk chowing down on some salsa and nachos it'd be great that's hilarious that's hilarious <laughs> you know who i bet does like some nachos oh you know she does oh bro, oh, bro!